Welcome to the couch. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, hey, everybody. Welcome to the couch with Murphy and Meadows. Um, uh, I'm one of your hosts, Kira Murphy. And I'm the other one of your hosts, Connor Meadows. Uh, today, we're talking about um, something that Connor seems pretty stoked to talk about that yeah. uh, he thinks that I'm going to be really into. So uh, w- what is it exactly that, you, that, that we're talking about? I'm not 100% certain. All I right, it has so, something to do with celebrities, right? Something to do with celebrities, something to do with uh, media, mass media, how it's produced and consumed. I think, uh, all right, this is just going to be so cheesy. But human beings, naturally, we love stories, right? Humans always love stories. That's why, like, mm-hmm. within every culture embedded within, there's always these, like, stories to explain things, to inspire people, uh, to give you a reason to be a good person. And like the Bible is a fucking perfect example of that. Um, and so humanity is really concerned with these stories and they've kind of evolved over time. You had myths in like ancient Greece and then you also had, uh, I don't know, like folklore, folk tales and things like that in middle England and stuff like that. And then in the early 1900s and stuff like that, we had radio and then comic books and comic books was really big. And then comic books obviously kind of moved into movies, into that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. And I think movies at the very start of cinema as like modern cinema. And I think the start of modern cinema was probably around the seventies and eighties with the introduction of color that happened like back in the late sixties. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would agree with that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> modern so, cinema was born in the So 70s. modern I cinema was born right. then. So at the start of modern cinema, people didn't really criticize it that much. That's why I think a lot of the franchises that exist today are as big as they are like star Wars. And we're going to talk about mm-hmm. star Wars. Oh, um, you know that we're gonna talk about Star Wars. Talk about the Star Wars. So, kind of my hypothesis around things is these stories and these franchises. The reason they're so beloved is because they hold a very similar place in people's hearts as these myths and folk tales of old. Jesus Christ, my phone just vibrated. Fuck that, muted. It's <laughs> <laughs> these folk tales. They hold a similar place in people's hearts. Marvel is one of the key things. It evolved from comic books into cinema. And people love Marvel and a lot of people refuse to criticize Marvel. And there's a lot of things, everything can be criticized. And that's something there's humanity... people that refuse to criticize Marvel. Hold I feel on, like there's hold a... on two seconds. Really? Yes. I feel like there's a lot of fans of Marvel at any, at any attempt of criticizing Marvel or characters. Okay. From okay. Okay. Like, like just, within. just fans of yeah, fans. No, of yeah. Marvel. I'm talking okay. about, I just... I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about like, you know, critics thought, or things like that. I thought you like, just meant people. No, <laughs> no, people no, no, I think, and no. I was I think, like, what? I was like, yeah. man, all I ever... I'm one of the people that's resistant to criticizing no. Marvel. No, right? exactly. Like, I, I'm one of the people you're talking about. Well, I mean, you're not no, no, one no, of no, the no. people. You no, are no, kind of... But no, no, no. I'm, this is, I, you're I not am. the person I that am. I'm directing things at. I think, I'm a dirty... I'm a dirty shill. You Don't try to make me feel better. You're a dirty shitter, and I want you to feel bad. That's the entire point of this episode. It's an intervention. Anyways. So... I, I think that not criticizing things and, and kind of mystifying them and having this kind, of, uh, uh, this kind of place in your heart that's special, that is above criticism, I think that's really important. And I think we're kind of losing that. And I think it's really fucking hard for any new media to come out and kind of get that status. I'm thinking of the only franchise that comes to mind in recent memory that has done something similar, I think, is John Wick. I think John Wick yeah. has created a character that is like James Bond, where he's kind of like an eternal thing. Everyone knows, like you, you don't even have to, you don't even have to watch the movies to know who John Wick is. You can be a kid who played Fortnite and you know who John dude, Wick is. Dude, how old were you when John Wick came out? John Wick came out what, 2014? So I was 14. Fuck me. Okay, yeah. so like I, I, 
2014 is when it came out, really? Jeez. I think so. Here, here. Let's let's fact check that. I'll fact check it right now. Yeah, yeah. Fact check that really quick. Because if mm-hmm. it came out in 2014, I was in grade 12. And depending um, on the time of year that it came out, I yeah, would have been Yeah, it came like out a, 2014. 2014 yeah, 2014 in the summer? Um, I believe so, yes. Let's check the release date. Um, if, October twenty fourth, two thousand fourteen. It was it was a late movie. <clears throat> it was a late movie. Yeah, so n- near the. Yeah, they oh, didn't man. save it to like December or January or anything. Yeah, but... no, I would have been. I would. I was an adult. Like I was legally drinking at a bar when I watched that movie. Yeah, and how was so it? So it's like, uh, well, the thing was, dude, is that like the zeitgeist around that movie before it came out was like, here we go. Another like yeah, because totally. Do do you? I was I dude. I was so not stoked about it when I saw the trailers and things. I was like, "There's no way this is gonna." Yeah, so you like you remember? And I was 14, bro. I was a cynical ass 14 year old. (laughs) I'm gonna keep it honest. Fuck, I I I started watching Cinema Sins. That was a big mistake. (laughs) Yeah, fuck Cinema Sins. Fuck Cinema Sins. That's an entire episode coming later down the pipeline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cinemasins. We're gonna we're gonna have a two hour, we're gonna two and a half hour long oh, podcast. Yeah, that's just it, us put me in the cage with Cinema Shit Sins. about those guys. Put me in the cage. Put us in the octagon. See baby. what happens. Like it's gonna be <laughs> quick and it's gonna be ruthless and traumatizing for all involved, including myself. We should clarify, not the people that work at Cinema. No, no, no. We the mean, channel. We mean the YouTube. A, 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 like yeah. a physical personification. Yeah, the entity that is. Yeah. If like imagine like a stack of computer monitors and towers yeah. and yeah. it came alive and then the it, its head like rises up it's and like it's like it um, turns on yeah it's like and then it just says cinema sins and then we want to fight that it, it's like, like karen we fight a it's like karen from spongebob but level 100 yes that's exactly what i was imagining <laughs> exactly in my head it's exactly what it is as soon as she hits level 100 she becomes the cinema sins bot anyways yeah so you remember right before like john wick came out yep and it, like Keanu the hype Reeves, train was non-existent, dude. The Keanu hype train was fucking non-existent. It was not existent because Keanu Reeves wasn't. <laughs> he wasn't people big. Didn't dude. Like he him wasn't. as an actor anymore. Like, like no. we all, we all love Keanu Reeves as a human being. For we sure, we all always have loved Keanu. Yes, Reeves as absolutely. A human There's being been no bad things that he's done. He's so unproblematic. He's fucking awesome. He is. He's such a cool, nice man. And also, and, he's the and, star of one of the most beloved franchises of all time, The Matrix. The Matrix. Oh yeah. Like, you, like, even though you watch Matrix. Matrix two and three, and you know full goddamn well going into them that they're not going to be as good as the first, you still go in it to watch Keanu Reeves. You oh, still yeah, go no. in it to see like Morpheus and Neo's journey, bro. Yeah, I, I, I like watching Revolutions. I don't really like watching Reloaded. Yeah, no, Reloaded is is definitely the slog of the three. Oh yeah, it's yeah. uh, it's it's but it's no, rough. like Keanu Reeves, like the he the only the big, only movie right? that comes to it mind came out as an actor. The like, only movie that comes to mind hyped. was the um, it was the the day or is it the world stood still? What is it like the day the, the world day the earth stood still? Yeah, the day the earth. He played like Claytu or Clatu. The like yeah, Clatu dude. He's great in that movie. Yeah, he is. But like he's the thing is, is that movie is another example though of kind of his casting is they didn't cast based on like his ability. They just cast on what they had seen before. So like Keanu Reeves just kind of did the same thing all the time. You know, yeah. like I watched, I watched Constantine as well. And it's the same. Oh, it's don't this, do and, that. Yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. Well, watch Constantine, the TV show. Matt Ryan is fucking phenomenal as John. Dude, Constantine. you know, how mu- you know how much of a DC fan I am. You I know. know how much I love. John he is. And I even in the, the animated, even in the animated stuff, like in the justice league dark, like he's, 
I think he's far and away the best, one of the Dude, best characters he's in that the, show. Oh, he is the best. But yeah. you know what? I've never watched like that show. The like, show the is honestly, like, it's held so far back by its budget because it's a sci-fi show. And it was like one of the afterthought sci-fi shows. It was like, oh, we're doing a bunch of DC shows. I guess we should do Constantine, maybe. Yeah, because they also did Krypton, right? Yeah. Um, Which I also I, didn't watch. They did, like, I, I, don't, I don't even know. Like, I don't even know. Was Winona Earp in the same universe? I don't even remember. Why, Winona Earp? Or, yeah, why Winona Earp. I haven't watched that either and you want to know what shame on me because i'm shame on you yeah i've heard it i've heard it's good i've heard they're great i've heard they're all really good yeah my fun fun fact my acting instructor uh for film production 131 at ubc uh was in that show he was in winona earp and he got shot in the face by winona earp or wyona wyona sorry i keep saying winona because like i watch stranger things and that's the only wy name that comes to mind Winona Ryder? Yeah, Winona Ryder. So I see W-Y and I'm like, Wyoming? Oh, Winona. What a nice state. (laughs) So back to John Wick. Yeah, back to John Wick. Finally, back to John Wick. The whole thing before that movie came out was i was like oh fuck here we go yeah like i didn't think it was gonna be good. no i was like this is I a was direct so to dvd like i'm gonna watch it like when it comes out on blu-ray when it's like four bucks you know what i mean yeah that's what i thought too mm-hmm. i was like this is gonna be something my dad's gonna ask me to go see with him and then i'll be like okay and then i'll turn off my brain and yeah then i'll and have a good time it. yeah totally like a, it's like a diehard re- reboot like another one of the diehard movies like That's... you know it's gonna suck but like you still turn off your brain you have a good time watching john mcclain jump out of a helicopter you know and mm-hmm. like into another helicopter yeah dude 100 yeah, percent, totally and th- f- uh, how wrong was i like quite right? wrong i was wrong too man we were both Cause... really wrong it was so wrong. I was so skeptical. And this just shows, like, at, at the time, how much I've, I think we've probably, you just said you were the most cynical 14 year old. Yeah, I fuck, was the most, dude. I was the most cynical 18 year old little piece of garbage you ever yeah. done seen. Oh, it's like as soon man, as you I... get introduced to, like, centrist ideology, you're like, fuck, I'm a nihilist. <laughs> yeah, dude. You're just like, man. <laughs> once you once uh, it's it's it, you're it's everybody's first reading of Watchmen. Oh my right? god, yeah, dude, that sh- that was literally right around when I read it for the first time because I read the like I watched the movie when I was like twelve, and then I re- read the comics afterwards, and I was like, oh, this is so much fucking more depressing than the movie. <laughs> like, this is yeah, so. Oh, yeah, yeah. I feel shitty now. No, and then and then you're playing like I, I was just watching a video about Metal Gear Solid, so Metal Gear Solid's on oh. my mind, and I was playing it around that time, and yeah, then you just, just like you got these demons flown around. Yeah, and you're th- you're like, oh my god, everything is controlled. And yeah, by, like these massive corporations, and, like you start thinking. So yeah, Metal Gear Solid then- actually really does plant that seed. I I only played them at face value as a kid, and like as a kid, yeah. as a kid, this is another thing I want to touch on later. But as a kid, you don't have that critical brain yet, and. Uh- and the thing is, is like, uh, our, our, I think eighteen-year-old me and fourteen-year-old you are actually about the same. Do yeah, you know probably, mean? probably. <laughs> I honestly, well, I mean, I don't know you. I was like a quite a mature fourteen-year-old. Like, yeah, I feel no, like I turned I'm, thirty when I turned fourteen. Then when I turned fifteen, I was like, oh, I'm a kid again. Like, I can do fun things. <laughs> yeah, like I'm, I'm not, I'm not twenty-four right now. I'm like yeah. probably like nineteen. Or yeah, 20. no, we're the same age. Like, I'm, I'm still a kid, man. Like, Mentally. In my brain. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, mentally, I am a child. Exactly. I'm a little baby boy. I mean, we all are at the end of the day. We're all a little fetal position, little baby. But the thing is, is that I know that I've grown so much because going back and looking at Metal Gear Solid, it wasn't trying to freak me out. Mm-mm. 
Watchmen wasn't trying to be like, there's no black and white, there's no. only gray. It wasn't trying to say these really nihilistic Yeah, it's like it's like it, once they you weren't trying to do that. Once you learn subjectivity as a concept, it's like the world kind of really changes. That like, oh, I can perceive things one way and you can perceive them differently. Like as a kid, you just kind of think that people perceive things the same way that you do. So like yeah. when I watched Star Wars, like the prequel series when I was a kid, I really fucking like them. Like I like them a lot. And then I watched them when I was like 14 and I really didn't like them. And then I just watched them again at 20 and I really liked them again. <laughs> I had the, we- I had a weird journey with it because like when I was 14, I started criticizing shit and I was really in that nihilistic space. And I was like, man, Jar Jar Banks, like this sucks. Why is he here? What is the point? I don't understand the story. And as a kid, I never really understood the story, but as I grew older, you know, I think like, I think it, it what I, what I want to say and what it comes down to is like a balance of critical thinking and at the same time mystification. You know what I mean? So like John yeah, Wick continue. That John Wick is like such a I think it's a great example of of it's really well done because the things you can criticize it for there's obviously a lot of things you can criticize it for, but when it what it does like not only artistically but like character-wise and world-building wise and everything, it's all really really interesting. And so from a critical perspective, there's a lot of praise there. And at the same time, on the mystification side, you have this protagonist who is so, like, kick-ass awesome that you don't even care that he is a mindless, deranged killer who's killed, like, 178 people on screen. You know what I mean? Or he he killed, like, almost... they heard his dog, man. Yeah, exactly. They heard his dog. So, like, (laughs) the thing is, but, like, the mystification side of it is we're okay with him doing all these things because yeah, they did that to his dog, but also cause he's fucking awesome and it's cool to watch him do it. Like it's cool to watch him <laughs> kill like a bunch of nameless bat, like 100%. faceless bad guys. It's just fun Dude, to watch. And I mean, I that's probably cause we're guys. Violence, yeah. But fuck do I love violence. In video and the thing is, but it's the, the thing about John wick is there's so much built upon what created that character from cinema that they borrowed. Like there's the entire gung fu, gun foo, uh yeah. genre oh, that yeah. came out of hong kong you know in the 80s and 90s and it's borrowing heavily from that and that's one of the most interesting parts is this gun fu aspect when they get to the close quarters and he's like using his pistol to, like shoot around a guy and things like that it's really interesting and cool to watch and there's so much like history on it so i think john wick is one of the only examples in like modern cinema that i think is like a character akin to a james bond or akin to like an Indiana Jones. I mean, maybe not, but like <laughs> a character that people he's can really pretty, hold on to. Yeah, and he's a really mod. You're, he's a modern mystified character. He is. Yeah, like, he couldn't really. He is such like we in today's world. There are very few things that we all think like. You know what? That is a one hundred percent justifiable reason to go out. And, and murder somebody. Yeah, yeah. Like, like it's hard to convince somebody in a movie that mm-hmm. that's okay. Yeah. Right? And, and they they do it for not just one, but for three. They take an inciting incident in one movie, and then they bring they, it through. And but the thing movies. is, is and, each and movie the, has the he has his reasons. Is, it, He's got his reasons. They they killed my dog. Well, they killed his dog, and then there's more to it. You know what I mean? They killed his dog in the first one, and then in the second one, it's a blood pact he has to this guy who betrays him. And then in the third one, you know, there's even more betrayal that happens in his wake, you know? Yeah. And so he has these reasons. It's like, he the, wants to those get deeper, those deeper themes in John wick. Totally. About like, you know, the, the sins of his past coming back. Yes, to, exactly. You know, you, you, who, who you have been 
defines who you are. Totally. Sort of. But yeah, but there's also like John Wick's not over. We got two more movies. Exactly. We have two more fucking movies. And that's and that that's the thing is they're shooting back to back, by the way. I know, I heard that, and that's really impressive. They're doing the end game, the whole end game thing. Yeah, um, I was like, holy shit, they're go- fucking going nuts. But yeah, I think like with modern cinema, you just don't have that. And and I think the proof in that is because like look at Star Wars. Look at the newest Star Wars like trilogy. Very divisive among fans of Star Wars. You were a fan, right, of the three movies? Uh I wouldn't say of the three movies. Okay. But I I, I'm a fan I'm a Star Wars fan. Yeah. With you know like, I'm also I, a Star Wars fan. But, I was very much like you, where I was so critical of the prequels, and I used to shit on them all the time. Yeah. Up until literally, like, uh, Clone Wars season seven. No, no, no. Very recently. Oh, uh, bro! Um, Clone Wars season seven is Star what. Wars. Clone Wars season seven is what brought me back to the prequels. Nothing, nothing about uh, Star Wars brought me back to. It was just you. It was just you and your Star own, Wars. your own. No, nah, man. It was the Last of Us Part Two, dude. The Last Are of you Us Part Two. S- fucking, wow, interesting. Yeah, it fucking changed my life, hundred percent. Like, That's interesting because I have thoughts about that game, dude. That game is fucking exhausting. Mm-hmm. And by the time you get to the end, all I ever wanted in the world was for those people. I don't. Well, we could talk about the Last of Us another time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's probably an entire can. It, there's an entire it, can of worms. You you played it? Uh, I have not. No, no. You have not played it? No, I have oh, not played it. I fuck. dude, I eighty dollars, man. Hey, a lot dude. of bread. It, yeah, but it's worth every fucking penny. I got Ghost of Tsushima instead. Dude, Ghost of Tsushima. So good. good. So good, dude. Oh, it's, it's the so best game. Good. I'm serious. It's my favorite game I think I've ever played. Like, I can't get enough of it, dude. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, Anyways. Well, sorry. Anyways. <laughs> so, Last of Us made you think about Star Wars. So, The Last of Us made me think about Star Wars because the only thing I wanted in that game were for the characters <laughs> in the game to do one thing only, and I just wanted them to just uh let it go and mm, and and, and let it go right and and the, but the thing is is that when you tell someone to let it go very often they go what does that even mean yeah. what do you mean let it go like yeah. what do it, i it what, is, what do i have to do the answer is to f- forgiving is letting go right mm. Ab- just forgiveness is mm. the answer and then i was like what is and then it really the question is what is forgiveness and it's like forgiveness is acceptance mm. and forgiveness is love and acceptance. Mm-hmm. And that's what you have to do is you have to let it go, forgive, and then love and accept it for what it is. Mm. And then okay. I w- and, and it completely changed my life. And so you looked at Star Wars, the Clone Wars or Star Wars, the prequels differently. Yeah. Yeah. Because, man, I don't I don't particularly like watching them. Mm-hmm. But I used to throw around binary terms like good and bad. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> but but as we've talked about, that doesn't necessarily exist. Yeah, so... it's always on a spectrum of of, uh, and everybody has their own, right? That's that's one thing. As I another thing I want to throw out is I don't think that my opinion is like the right one. Everybody is entitled to their own opinion. This is just what I think about yeah. things. I, but the thing is, is that it sucks that people in our world right now are taking opinions as fact as fact yeah no that's that's a big thing but that's that comes with like kind of the collective like hive mind mentality is like universal thinking can you hear that my fridge is just like going off can you hear that 
I heard I heard a little eh for yeah. like two seconds. Oh great. Okay, my very, mic caught it. My mic quietly. caught it. Sorry about no, that. No, it was like <laughs> it was Chop super it. quiet. <laughs> uh I'll cut this out. Um what were we talking about? Um fuck, we what were did you just say? Uh mentioning uh well binary terms like good and bad, people taking opinion for fact. Um Oh yeah. yeah. Um if you're uh, what I was about to say okay. was if you if you're if you're sitting on the couch with mm-hmm. Connor and I here, mm-hmm. and you're sitting back and you're listening. Hopefully, you're sitting on a couch. Hopefully, while you're listening to this, if not, that's totally okay. Wherever yeah, you are, wherever I wherever hope you, you're comfortable. Wherever you need the couch to be is where the couch is going to be. Because and I hope we're you're the couch, and we hope you're comfortable. And yeah. everything we say is supposed to do one thing only. It's supposed to make us think, and mm-hmm. we recorded it because hopefully it just makes you think. Yeah. Don't don't not just think about things. Even Nothing if this is, is on in the background, you're not listening. That's still. Nothing That's still is, something. Uh, there's no black. There's no white. There's there's no gray. There's there's color. <laughs> Everything is colored. Yeah. In a ver- right. And it's like color is a great thing. We like looking at color. Yeah. Yeah. Looking right? at things from one stagnant point of view is so exhausting. Yeah. And and when you get into black and gray and whites and like everything is so boring. Bleak. bleak totally and and sad i think like yeah i think it's important to like look at things by like case by case i think especially with movies is like too often now like fuck every we're we're even doing this in this conversation with myself talking about john wick and comparing him to james bond is like we make so much meaning through comparison and i think in certain situations you just have to take things on their own and not compare them like i'm gonna take an example is uh the movie um midsummer I really didn't enjoy it. I didn't enjoy it at all. And the reason I, I didn't... Yet, man. And I'm really upset about that because I love Ari Aster's first movie, Hereditary. Yeah, no. It scared the fucking yeah, pants no. off me. Exactly, exactly. So I loved Hereditary. I thought Hereditary is the perfect horror movie. Like, it scared the fuck out of me. There's literally images from that movie that are burned into my memory forever that I will never forget, that I will always think of when I think about that movie. And uh, Midsummer, first of all, it just didn't scare me. But it just was not, I didn't think it was on the same uh, level as Hereditary. And if I hadn't, had, like, if I'd never seen Hereditary and I only saw Midsummer, I'd probably think it was really good. I'd probably think it was quite good. But because I had this really weird, unrealistic uh, expectation for it, I just, and, and that's the thing is I can't take it at face value anymore because I have this really sour first viewing experience because about halfway through the movie, I just thought, man, I don't like this that much. I was like trying to convince myself to like it for the first like hour and a half. And then by that point, I was like, fuck it. I'm just not enjoying this. So that's like, that's the thing is people, we make a lot of meaning through like association with other art forms and stuff like that. And I think it's important now, like as, especially as new media comes out and new movies come out, especially original ones, like original screenplays are kind of dying out and it's kind of sad because a lot of times they're they're flops. They're not. I mean, they kind of are, dude. Dude, Dude, there's so much good stuff out there. But there's only, like, one a year that you hear about. Like, Knives Out and Baby Driver are the only two that I can really think of of original screenplays. Other than any Tarantino movies, obviously. Uh, Um, Did you not watch the Best Picture winner from last fucking year that actually deserved to win Best Picture? Did mm. you not watch Parasite, bro? No, no, I did not see Parasite. Yeah, I'm, I'm fake. See, man? There, there, there's a lesson for you and everybody yeah. is that uh, if you are craving original things, um, you're not gonna 
find them in Hollywood because people keep paying to see things that are shallow and boring and yeah. black and white and gray. Things that are filled with color are coming from all over the world. But I still think that as a mainstream media consumer, I still think original screenplays and ideas should be coveted over remakes. And I still think that they deserve a place in Hollywood. Like I feel like Parasite is one of the few examples of an international film that literally it broke all expectations by like, you know, what it did, winning all the Oscars that it did and like cleaning up basically. But like, yeah, I don't know if that's sure. ever going to happen again. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do know what you mean because because the it's the first time in history that's ever happened, and like yeah, when and again you're, you're right about main mainstream. Like I'm talking like mainstream media, like like things movies like, like look at Gemini Man. Sees. Like Gemini Man is a perfect example of a movie that was an original concept that was really fucking cool, and in execution, it was so poor that nobody spent any money on it. Nobody went and saw Gemini Man because it's bad because they took an original idea and they butchered it down and tried to Hollywoodize it. Yeah, and it just they, sucks because I, I wish heard they chopped that movie into oh, fucking oblivion. There's the there's so process. many examples it, of amazing. How many, how many how many credited writers are there on that? Oh movie? fuck, like, there's like seven? seven, and it's because it the original concept like came out in like 2001 was when the first script was drafted, and then it <laughs> oh, went no. through development hell for like 15 or 16 years, and then just you know it was it I, th I think was it point, did I think. fucking it's not Ang Lee who directed it. Yeah, oh yeah. Man. It was, was Ang Lee who directed it. Yeah, which is a shame because he yeah, made Brokeback Mountain, man. Yeah, he's an amazing director. Um, well, he made Life of Pi, man. He made Life of he, Pi, he, yeah. Like, he's made so many amazing I mean, movies. yeah, that's like, it's like, uh, it's like fucking Kenneth Branagh making Artemis Fowl, bro. Yeah. Like, how does that even happen, man? Yeah, but also, I, I'm not a fan of Kenneth Branagh's directing style really okay no he spins the camera around characters a lot well i mean it worked really well for hamlet yeah no for sure <laughs> i've <laughs> to would, be fair I, most of kenneth Branagh's films i've only experienced like his shakespeare ones like i've only seen othello and uh those are the ones hamlet. that everybody likes yeah because they're really solid yeah quite solid anyways yeah this is fucking far beyond what i wanted to talk about Hey, this is what happens. Man. It does. No, it, it totally happens. But I think this is what happens when you're on the couch. One of the things is I think a problem with with mystification is the attachment to the people, the real life people that are involved in the making of movies and things like that. And I think celebrities oftentimes show their true colors in ways that they don't realize, because I think a lot of celebrities who play these like particular characters, Keanu Reeves is a perfect exception because he does not apply. He doesn't let anything go to his head. He's such a humble, caring person. But oh, someone yeah. that I think comes to mind immediately is Gal, Gal Gadot. How do you pronounce it? Gal Gadot? Gal Gadot? Gal Gadot? Gal Gadot. Wonder Woman. Yeah. Um, Gal Gadot? <laughs> Maybe you know, what, what, yeah, what Gal Gadot, like <laughs> Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot. Anyway, she uh, when Gadot. during COVID, when she posted that video of all the celebrities singing the song like Imagine or whatever, you remember that? Yeah, that was that was not very Wonder Woman. Okay, that wasn't very Wonder Woman. But here's the thing: is because she plays Wonder Woman, and because like she is attached to this character now as like the face of this character, that thing of her releasing the video, while kind of innocent, kind of shows that she almost or does believe that she literally has a, a, a sway on the general public. 
like Wonder Woman would. You know what I mean? Like she can actually change the opinions of people and make them happy. They can she can make them forget about it because Wonder Woman is is she is doing. Wonder Woman. Yeah, but here's In the thing. But here, here's here's the Wonder thing Woman. is she isn't. I'm going to the movie theater to see Wonder Woman. I'm not going to the movie theater to see Gal Gadot. You know what I mean? Yeah. These people no, are you are right. Yeah. I'm people going to are see starting to kind of almost personify their characters. And I think that's like a big problem in Hollywood. And that's why I think a lot of people in Hollywood, like there's a lot of things of them like abusing power and stuff like that. And I think it's because when you are the main character in a franchise like this, and you are instantly part of a franchise that has millions of fans built upon it already, I think it's really easy for these actors to actually start to feel like they're the main character of like this life that we have. And that people around them are side characters. And so, you know, a lot of actors kind of, they can, they abuse their power towards like people that are small, like PAs, for example, like Kevin Spacey, who would like really be shitty towards like PAs and people working like on the set that weren't super big. You know, he felt like he could because he was the main character and they were side characters. So the mystification of these characters and these icons, I think it's really important to also disconnect the people from it. Because at the end of the day, everyone is a person and everyone lives and dies and that's just life. And nobody is any more or less important than another person because of their follower count, things like that. So it's kind of dangerous, that that kind of thing, you know, if oh, we yeah, do it too much. That line it, of thinking is horrifying. Yeah. And, and it bothers me to no end. I agree with you, man, because I've thought that about specifically robert daniel jr and yes Iron Man for a very yes. long time and it's it's a lot of people for years have been telling me when i have been complaining like in the first avengers movie how he made uh i, I want to be an actor and so do you yeah totally. and you and i both have a problem if i was playing iron man and then i found out that the other avengers mm-hmm. were getting paid 30 million dollars less than yeah, I am and I, I feel like that's a small number. I feel mm-hmm. like it's more than that that I they're getting paid less than him. Um if I found out that my the other Avengers were getting paid less than me and what I had to do was go and sit in a green screen booth most of the time yeah. and really all and of what the they Iron Man do, stuff is yeah. done by VFX artists yeah. and it's like he he's not unaware of this. And the it's reason... not like the thing is, is like he also has the stunt people behind it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like there's, right? It's not even him There's most so of the time. Many people There's this, these and movies. even these actors, like even though they're getting paid these big bucks, their stunt performers are doing so much of the work that you're seeing in the movie. Like almost 15% of the screen time in most of the Avengers movies, you're watching stunt people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And those stunt performers are like, I don't know if anybody who oh, doesn't yeah. watch uh, Stuntmen React on YouTube, this mm-hmm. is just a quick shout out. Yeah. Uh, go watch that. Because you'll learn those people's faces and then you'll recognize them in movies. They yeah. deserve it because they're fucking amazing. And the, the, the work they stunt, do is incredible. Yeah. The fact that stunt men and women, stunt people don't get recognized at like the Academy Awards. It's is ridiculous. Honestly, like, ridiculous. It's because ridiculous. it's half of what we watch. Yeah. Right. That yeah. there should be a like I don't know. I, I just think those people should be recognized yeah. more. And so and... what 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 my idea is, is we pitch a show like that, and then Tom Cruise just wins all the awards. He wins all of them, every one of them, every stunt award, Tom Cruise gets it. 
How about that? Because he's insane. Because he's, he's fucking to, insane, and he does. Because he's trying to kill himself on he's screen. Literally, for our he wants to die on screen. Like I don't know what it is. Like what's the last movie you're going to see him in riding suicide, a right? nuke into the sun? Like he's like, I'm going to ride a nuke into the sun in my next movie. Dude, he's shooting that movie in, in space, space with Elon Musk. Yeah, and he literally didn't even pitch a premise or a plot or anything. They just came and yep, they're like, we have two hundred twenty million dollars and we want more. Yeah, it's just let's go to space. Yeah, but stunt performers. They do the work. And so Iron they Man. They do so much work. Making so much VFX more than artists, other... dude. Like, Bro, yes. Fucking, half of the Avengers movies are animated films. Absolutely. And it's like, do you know who, like, really understands shit like this? Who? Uh, like, someone like Chris Evans or mm-hmm. someone like uh, Henry Cavill. Or someone like Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> like, it's like Mark Ruffalo, I don't think he thinks that he's Bruce Banner. No, I don't think so either. <laughs> right? Not at all. But I. But I think at this point, I'm worried that someone like uh, Robert Downey Jr. thinks that to an element they are Tony Stark. Well, have you seen – I saw – Because it's like you're not. And people have been telling me um, before Iron Man kicked the bucket, Mm -hmm. I was like, they could recast Iron Man. And people were like, you're crazy. There's yeah. No they could do yeah. That. They're and like, I'm Robert like, yeah, Downey Jr. Yeah, is totally Iron Man. Could. But it's like, you totally could do it. I would you love totally to could. see it. They could have cast. They could have cast another. Fucking actors. They could have cast another younger actor as young Tony Stark in the movie fucking uh, Captain America Civil War for the flashbacks. But they yeah. just de-aged Robert Downey Jr. Because they're like, you know, you know, he's the one. This we yeah. can't cast a young guy who looks like him. We're gonna have to de-age Robert Downey Jr. and make this weird visual dissonance between him and the other actors. Yeah, I. But I, one thing is, I saw. Yeah, I, de-aging. I used to be like, I, 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 I really like uh, performance capture. I think performance capture is the coolest thing ever. I okay. think de-aging and age, I think de-aging is weird. I think de-aging so weird. I think I also think really but I weird. also think like in Star Wars the way they implemented like the the VFX characters like Tarkin and also Leia, like those scenes th- like pull me out of the movie and throw me in, on the ground. Like they completely like rip me out of the movie and out of everything that I'm supposed to be believing. Because, like, I've seen, like, Yeah, aliens. they could have just cast different actors. They, they could have just cast someone who, like, looked like Tarkin to, like, do and a Tarkin just, impersonation. And then just said, he's Tarkin. And I would have been like, okay. Yeah, like, I would have believed it. He, or, like, have, like, a... Because Tarkin's not real. Yeah, he's Tarkin isn't a He's a character. Tony, like, like, that's what bothers me so much when people tell me that they can't recast Tony Stark or something. Yeah, shit. look it's how like, many times Batman yeah, be can. recast. And they should recast they him because should. Batman's not a real person. He's not Tony a real Stark's person. not a real person. No, but ro- what I wanted to say is Robert Downey Jr., I noticed, I was watching a bunch of interviews with him, and he literally like, wears a necklace with a giant circle on it akin to Tony Stark's like chest. And like really? the way he like holds himself and the way that he talks, like I think that he just inserted a lot of himself into Tony Stark. I think he just was like, I'm just going to be kind of me, a little accentuated. And that's yeah, going to be Tony Stark. Yeah, because I complain about I complain about how Tony Stark in the movies is not Tony Stark from the comics. No, Tony Stark from no, the comics is like a, a, an awful, awful. person. Yeah, and like Tony Stark <laughs> in the movies is like a playful bad guy. Yeah, like it's he's like, like oh, he's, like he's got a model sleeping in his bed, even though Dude, Piper or fucking Tony Stark whatever. in the Marvel movies is Pepper. fucking rip off Bruce Wayne, man. Yeah, he's he is. He totally is. He's like he talks and acts like Bruce Wayne would act. Like that line that he says to Captain America, like a billionaire playboy philanthropist. That's like something that Bruce Wayne would probably say. Like I'm thinking yeah. Christian Bale, Bruce Wayne would say that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like yeah, I could yeah, totally yeah. because of the act, dude. He's not. But like the thing about Tony Stark is that's not an act. Like that's how he actually fucking is. 
Yeah, right? And, yeah, and, and like, you, he does change. A, in the MCU, he's more... I, I love those movies. I love his performance. Like, this is... Just, I'm just criticizing it a little bit. Yeah, totally. <laughs> in, in, from, a, from a very comic book fanboy perspective. Yeah, and that's like, such a valid like, perspective. Um, It's just a, a little bit annoying, because there's so many people whose favorite superhero now is Iron Man, and I'm yeah. like, man fuck that because iron man sucks like, he does an and also asshole. bro i when he fucking joined the guardians of the galaxy for that little bit i was so pissed like in the comics yeah oh why I remember my dad was getting Dude, it's the comics no i know but i remember i was like man why is fucking tony because i i was just thinking of robert Downey jr because like that was the at that point that was when i was reading the guardians of the galaxy comics because my dad kept buying them so I kept like I reading like along and like I remember Tony Stark coming in. He had the really weird armor and I was like, man, why is Tony Stark here? I want to watch the yeah, Guardians oh, of the Galaxy. Oh, he does have weird armor. Yeah. Uh, well, because he's popular, man. And I think they're I just probably maybe just trying to get people to read Guardians Well, yeah. Of the and also the, like comics, let's be honest, in the 80s and 90s, comics were kind of struggling. Oh, dude. Comics are struggling now, dude. Oh, they're struggling now. Yeah. Actually, DC oh, just did yeah. its layoff of like fucking so many yeah, people. Yeah, like a bunch of, ed- of its editorial staff. Like... I like, I mean, DC Comics. It's tragic. I just don't know what's going to happen because it's like, I, I'm, I'm nervous about that. Uh, because, dude, in a lot of ways, those are like the characters that I have like deified in my life that I like see that they could do no wrong. Yeah. But I think it's important that I write. That all of us recognize that the things that we deify aren't fuck they're not fucking real. Yeah. Right? That's, and, that's and, a and, thing that's very, 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 very important. Like, like I, Superman's not real. I'm fully Batman isn't that. real. But that's the thing is, I think that's a problem with deifying movie characters is there's real life human beings attached to them now. Yeah. You know, right? and like that's... comics, like they're ever, there's always a new artist. Like they, they always, yeah, look they always but, look different but now. But now people like when uh, the new Marvel Avengers game came out, mm-hmm. like I just played the beta, by the way, How I is had it? a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun. That's playing awesome. It. I know that's people dope. are being critical, but it's a superhero game. That's so dope. I'll play it. Love it. Um, but people, when they saw the Avengers in that game, mm-hmm. I know a lot of people said they look weird. Bro. Did you do you remember this? Do you remember? Yeah, a lot no, of people no, being no like, I do. Why I does Captain America like, look yeah, weird? Why does Captain America... Captain America doesn't look weird? He doesn't look weird. He he's looks not. Like he's America. not Chris Evans. He Sorry. just doesn't look like Chris Evans. Yeah, right? and, and and Tony Stark in that game. He the, looks like Tony Stark from the comics, like an amalgamation of a couple of different runs. Yeah, and like Thor looks like Thor to yeah. me. And it's Hulk like, still kind of not... looks like Mark Ruffalo, though. I'm gonna be honest. You th- you think so? Uh, he looks like he what... looks like Mark Ruffalo Hulk face for sure. Uh, to me, he looks like Troy Baker because that's who's playing him. Holy so shit, you... Tro- Troy Baker is the Hulk. Yeah, dude, I can't wait to hear Joel from The Last of Us yell Hulk smash. <laughs> Yeah, dude, it's pretty badass. I can't wait to hear Booker DeWitt just go Hulk smash. And I'm like, <laughs> dude, dude, fucking hear the Joker, fucking yeah, you hear the Joker. The well, okay, let's be fair. Let's be fair. His Joker voice is just an impression of Mark Hamill. It's a really good impression of Mark Hamill, but it's just an impression of Mark Hamill. Yeah, but it sounds like a young joke. It sounds like a young Mark Hamill Joker, and I can't remember the actor who plays Batman in Arkham Origins, but his Batman sounds like, like a, a young, young Kevin, Kevin Conroy. Conroy. Like, Interesting, dude. They people complain how about how it's not Mark uh, Mark Hamill and Kevin Conroy, but the people at WB Montreal did exactly what we're saying you should do, which it's is casting find, younger people. Yeah, find oh we have a younger Batman that's twenty years younger than this Batman. Mm. Why don't we cast? I didn't, an, yeah, I didn't an know. actor that's. 
I yeah, never he's... played Batman Arkham Arkham Origins, truth be told. Arkham Origins is amazing. Oh, really? Yes, it's like maybe my favorite one. Really? That's that's a controversial opinion. I I I can't believe it is. Yeah, no, I'm just <laughs> like, I I've, a... I've heard a lot of people. Well, I've the only thing is uh, I've heard a lot of people say it just it feels a bit different just because they had a different developer for that one, right? Uh, yeah, I mean they added new things to it. It felt like an iteration, right? It yeah. Felt like, um, but like oh, I don't have I don't have a problem with any of that, right? Because cool. it's just like more. Ba- I also like how Fireflies in it. I like how Fireflies the- in it. I think Fireflies awesome. Yeah, the idea that like only one developer is now allowed to make Batman games is crazy to me. Oh it's no, like, yeah, I just no, want that's not... more Batman yeah. games. I don't care who makes. Did you play it. that Batman game bad. that came out in like two thousand three? Are you talking on... about Batman Vengeance? No, it was like Dark Tomorrow. Oh, I've played Dark Tomorrow where you have to mm. fucking handcuff that every fucking bad game, guy you beat up. dude. I was like that game. five when I played that shit. And too, I didn't dude. understand the handcuff concept. So I literally was no. stuck in the first room in the game, just knocking the same dude silly. Just You have no idea how hard I relate to that. Kicking their asses because I didn't yeah, understand. Yeah, and I was like, why I was can't, like, why won't these yeah. guys? And the fixed camera down. angles, man, like they were so broken. Like I, that oh, game yeah. was so poor. So whoever oh, yeah. made Batman Dark it's Tomorrow, like... maybe you guys, uh, you had your shot. Uh, you tried. I'm pretty sure that's Ubisoft. It was a, no fucking <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's I mean, Ubisoft. Ubisoft, they're so hit or miss. So, you know, that's understandable. <laughs> like, <laughs> they make some good games, and then they make some, you know, other I'm ones. I'm looking at it right now. Oh, no, no, no. It doesn't look like it was Ubisoft. Oh, dang. I just wanted uh, another opportunity to shit on Ubisoft. Oh, my God. this It has the Nintendo seal of approval, though. Yeah, dude. I played it on GameCube. So did I. Like I, I, just, I remember it so vividly, like playing it as a kid and just not understanding what was happening. Like, because the camera <laughs> angles were so broken and like Batman just looked so stupid. Like he looked so weird. Yeah. Legs oh God, really I'm looking at it right now. He yeah. looks so fucking stupid. He looks so dumb in it. I'm pretty oh, sure it's Kevin so Conroy dumb. too. No. I'm like pretty freaking sure. Like I'm like no. I'm like pre- I'm like quite it can't sure. Be. Oh Batman's- my God. It was made by Kemco for the, it is the a Japanese hell? developer. Kemco. It's its headquarters is in Hiroshima. Oh. Interesting. Um yeah, Kemco, a Japanese yeah. developer making a Batman game. Oh, they have games on PS4. Let's see what what games they have. It was originally conceived as an open world oriented adaptation of the comic book iteration of batman it was open world yeah it was supposed to be like uh activision spider-man 2 no way control batman as he traveled all the way around gotham city you could control the batmobile the batplane and the batboat none of this was in the game by the way no 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 none of this was in the game um no it it, it ended up being some weird hallway walker where you'd like punch people yeah listen to this fall down batman dark tomorrow gained infamy for receiving negative reviews on both platforms according to video game review aggregator metacritic primary criticism the game is directed at its control scheme repetitive missions and its camera which was described as frustrating game informer gave the gamecube version 0.75 out of 10 for gameplay that is incomprehensible and littered with bugs it was severely disappointed uh Oh, IGN was severely disappointed with the same console version, saying that the Dark Knight gets his wings clipped in his latest adventure. 
Yeah. So So this is the this is the kind of superhero content that uh you and I grew up on. Oh wow, yeah, no, like that game, like I remember as a kid, I didn't even dislike it that much. I just didn't understand it. I didn't think it was that bad. Yeah, because I was like so small. I was like, I I I thought it was just a grown up game. Couldn't criticize it, man. We couldn't criticize it. I thought it was a grown up game where I was like, I this is obviously too too big brain for me. I'm just too little. That's like I speaking of big brain now that I'm older. Uh, I recently found my charger. This is back when I was in Edmonton. I'm now in Vancouver. By the way, for everybody listening, I'm in Vancouver. Um, Oh, you're in Vancouver now? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Been here for a while. Um, no, but I I recently found my Game Boy Game Boy uh advanced sd and in that i had uh zelda uh the minish cap legend of zelda the minish cap and that game bro i had i got it when i was like four i got this like thing when i was like four or five and i couldn't read yet so my name in the story was just like a bunch of letters because i was illiterate when i started playing this game (laughs) i literally like i couldn't read i did (laughs) dude like zelda ocarina of time ocarina of time i'm yeah. gonna say it both ways both times uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll please everyone here let's say gif and gif <laughs> uh i learned how to read because of the legend of zelda no way a lot right? that's like, so the, wholesome i taught myself how to read playing because i yeah there's dad, so much i'd always text ask in him to game. read shit to me and he'd be like well you figure it out like sound it out sound it out and he i got so tired of him coming and telling me to read it that i just decided you know fuck, fuck it, it i'm, I'm just gonna, gonna learn how to this. read yeah <laughs> i mean i guess maybe it'll be a useful skill later in life who knows yeah so then uh it made just playing a lot of video games man majora's right? mask like, oh no sorry ocarina of time never mind i was thinking majora's mask that game's like a fucked up first game to did play. you play majora's mask oh yeah dude i remember like, is your first zelda game uh yeah i think so because my friend down the street had an n64 and she had majora's mask and so like we'd play it and i would always look at this like the moon and i would get really really scared get fucking horrified yeah like i would get really really scared like looking at the moon so i wouldn't do that but yeah no majora's mask i not majora's mask minish cap found it found my old save file i had made it like maybe a quarter of the way through the game and i remember i literally stopped because it was too hard and i couldn't go on and i was really frustrated so i just stopped playing it um then i made a new account or like i made a new save file and i beat the game in like three hours like three or four hours just sat and just played through it and i was like wow character development it's almost like 15 years of growth happened between these two playthroughs yeah pretty nice pretty good feeling yeah dude and a part of like my growth with the whole concept of like the deification of characters has like that very recently got broken. Oh yeah. Inside of me. Yeah. Like the, like the last of us, right. Mm. It's like, I, in a weird way, I knew that there was like a deification of Joel in the last of us. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I didn't really feel that. Like I always looked really? at him as, no, I always looked at him. Like what I said to Morgan before the game came out was, mm-hmm. I'm so angry at Joel for what he did. Yeah, at the end of the game. That I, yeah. That I want I want fucking answers. Like that's you what want I want answers. From this Dude, game. your answer is in the story of the first one. He loses his daughter at the very start of the game and he has another one at the end. That's all yeah. he wanted. Like, <laughs> that's all he is, wanted, dude. But what I mean was I needed answers was I wanted revenge. You know, I wanted to see something bad happen to Joel. Honestly, dude. Man, like that is so interesting. As the character that you play through for the entire fucking game, like you see yeah, all the shit that he goes through. Game, yeah, because the first game fucking 
twists the knife in you at the end. Yeah, but the second the one kind of that you learn to love does something that I can I could never possibly agree with. Yeah, but you see why he does it. It's not like it's not justified. No, but the thing is, is that it's not justified, right? That's no, the, but that's... it is for him. It's not. It doesn't have to be for you, but it is for him, and that's why it happens. Yeah. I I know, but that's but that's the that's the whole thing is that. At, since we can understand where he's coming from and yeah. since yeah i do understand why he did what he did and i can i can see why and and he has justified it for mm-hmm. himself yeah and in a lot of people's eyes it's justified yeah that doesn't make it justified shit yeah that doesn't mean shit like well okay not, here's here i'll give you another not a hero i'll give you he's another perspective hero, right? i'll give you and, another and perspective at him like he is is just not i'll give you another accurate. perspective okay um, okay, okay. At the state that the world was in at the time of the game, this is just another selfish reason why Joel did it, but this is another justification for it. Is I don't think Joel or any of the survivors, for that matter, could ever return to a normal life. Even if there's a vaccine, even if everything is cured, I don't think anyone could ever go back to a normal functioning society after everything that had happened. And you know? Did you not? Did you not learn anything from Jurassic Park and uh, uh, our boy? um what's his name oh my god i can't why can't i remember his name right now jeff goldblum uh life finds a way yeah yeah life, yeah, life uh, uh, always uh, finds a way but uh, finds a way. Uh, 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 it f- uh, finds a way uh, life uh always uh, f- find, finds a way um yeah no that's the thing is life finds a way and it has found a way and joel could never go back to a normal society after everything that he had done and everything that he had been through he could never go back to that. After all the things that he had lost already, he had literally lost everything. I feel like if he lost Ellie, he would probably kill himself. Like, he wouldn't have anything other than Tommy to live for. And even his relationship with Tommy is so strained. So Dude, it's like... That's that's part of the that's part of the point, though. I know. Especially of the second one. Especially, yeah. like, the thing is that I've had a whole journey that you have not had. Sure. No, I've seen... Right? I've Where seen... Like, like, I've watched an entire playthrough of it. So I know the story beats and how they happen. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, like it. I think that's like a perfect example. Then, like Joel, like the, people look at him. But the, I think I think justifying a truly evil action, no matter how justified, but it's like dude, not evil. Dude, what's pretty fucked up? It's not evil, man. Like it's not evil. It is not evil. I don't think it's evil at all. But the thing is, from Abby's perspective, it's evil. Sure, from Abby's perspective, it's Dude, evil. If, but also, if Abby you, is a manipulator. If the whole game, if the whole game, just imagine, yeah. just imagine an alternate yeah, yeah. reality where the whole game, you play from Abby's game, perspective. You play from Abby's. Totally, perspective, right? I can't like, imagine there's that. No way that but you no, look what at what Joel the developers do the most is evil man. But the developers, but the developers force you to play as Abby, and they force you to watch her actions. And when you watch Abby's actions, she is also a very, very, very not good person in the way that she kills indiscriminately. She kills her entire group over a kid that she just met, which, okay, that's fine. She also kills a pregnant woman and smiles about it. She's only like that. She's only like that because of what Joel did to her. Yeah, it's the Violence begets violence. Violence begets violence, sure. But why, when you play as Ellie, when she does the same things, it forces you to see them from such a different lens. It forces you to see it as such an awful thing. When Ellie kills the woman who's pregnant, she finds out. She literally, like, blacks out and, like, vomits afterwards. And, like, 
when Ellie kills people like in front of their group, like you see the other members reacting. You don't get that same chance for Abby. So when Abby does it, because it's like trying to it's trying to force you that she's right and she's okay when she's not. There nothing's okay. It's not trying to tell you that she's right. But it kind of is. It's forcing no, you to accept. No, no, no. It's it's trying to do the same thing. It, it, you're not extending the same understanding to Abby that you are to Joel. Where it's because like, you played you through an entire what? game Every, as Joel. Everything she did. You, so now I've played through an entire game as Abby. Okay. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I so do know like, what you mean. So but, it's like the, the whole the whole thing is that like she is her journey mirrors Joel's from the first one. And it's like the whole idea is that not none of these people have ever done anything good. But does none it though? Because I heroes. don't remember I don't remember a moment in the first one where like Joel viciously murders someone in front of all their like in front of their family and then just like leaves them. Because like yes, he kills all the doctors, but he kills all of them. He doesn't like do it to he doesn't and the thing is he doesn't even kill them because he hates them or because of something they did to him you know i don't why, know why but yeah but are you talking about what how abby, well, abby yeah the way abby kills joel in like in front of ellie in front of ellie yeah yeah but she didn't know who ellie was she didn't know that she was their their family mm. um and and the reason that they don't kill ellie and tommy is because owen stops them and says nah man if we just kill all of these people how do how does that make us any different than this guy yeah that's fair right so it's like the whole thing is that none of the people in the last of us that i have identified with were right i just i just understood where they were coming from yeah and understanding where someone coming from or understanding that people have struggles and understanding that doesn't give just no i think i think that that is absolutely the point is to show all of the perspectives of everything and like i think it manipulates you in both games obviously to like manipulate you to think that joel's right in the first one and then i don't know like it, it just kind of manipulates you to think that ellie's really wrong in the second one i think uh I don't, I, it doesn't, Ellie is wrong. Yeah, she is. But I think it like really forces you to like confront that Ellie is the bad person in the story. Yeah, dude. It's kind of like, uh, I just watched Batman v Superman as well. Yeah, okay. And that, that movie's the same in the fact that I didn't even realize it was trying to point out to me that Batman is the, the baddie. Yeah. He's, he's, the, he's the antagonist. He is the antagonist. The he's the one where I, the conflict arises. Like, he's the one who yeah, starts when I it first, all. When I first saw the movie, I just refused to see Batman as the villain. Totally. Right? And yeah, now, well, it's fucking... That, it's Batman, man. Now Batman. that I have the perspective I do, and I'm not deifying Batman and acting yeah. like he is a real thing, because mm-hmm. he's not real. No. I... It's... It's a it's a more interesting movie to watch, and I'm watching the movie that the artist intended me for for me to see. Oh, like, is where the I'm not, Snyder cut? I'm not. No, no, no. I'm talking about Batman v Superman. Like my oh, perspective, League, yeah. my perspective painted Justice League. Mm. Or I mean Batman, Batman v Superman. Superman. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, my like my perspective. That's what I'm saying. Is yeah, like, your perspective of see. yeah. So then I guess yeah, the movie would hit a lot different, but at the same time, it's still a little yeah. corny. What is Batman v Superman? Yeah. I mean, yeah, but Batman and Superman are corny. So yeah, I mean, well, I think I just think the resolution, the conflict resolution, is so like ham-fisted, dude. Dude, as someone who has been a Batman and Superman fan his entire life, it wasn't until that moment in the theater 
that I realized that their moms had the same name. Yep. And I don't think anyone ever really thought about that. That was the first moment I ever realized it. So if it didn't work for some people, sure. But it worked for me because it was like I felt like I had the realization that Batman did. Where I feel like the writers also had that realization. They're like, fuck, how are we going to like Batman's literally about to kill Superman. Like, how do we how do we like let's go into the archives and figure out a way to not have their moms are the same. Yo, let's do yeah, it, dude. Like I, I, in a lot of ways, I was Batman. Yeah. In that movie I also, I also just don't I like, like Jesse I, Eisenberg. I, That's another thing that painted my opinion of it. Like, I just don't like Jesse Eisenberg. That's just a oh, me I thing. Think, that's a me thing. <laughs> that's just a me that's thing. Hilarious. I just that's the that's the fun me thing is I don't like Jesse Eisenberg. I didn't know that. Yeah, I just like, not I, anything. I, <laughs> like in the Social Network, yeah, but you're supposed to hate him in that. Yeah, fair. You know, he does such a good. Job he does such movie. a great job of that. And so, like, <laughs> that's that's the only movie that I watch, and I'm like, but hell I, yeah, Jesse you're also Eisenberg. Supposed to hate him as Lex Luthor, and he, I think he does an excellent job. But like, hate him for the wrong reasons. I hated him for being Jesse Eisenberg. I was like, why the fuck did they pick this squirrely bastard to like come in here and play Lex Luthor, who's supposed to be like on par mentally, like as the big brain guy who like can take on Superman, like the one man who he thinks is that he. Man. But he's not. He's oh, not. Dude, come on. Yeah, he is. Jesse Eisenberg doesn't do that for me. Oh. Like, I, and I think that's probably I, I like just the visual juxtaposition between him and Henry Cavill. Okay. A lot. Yeah. Okay. That's then that's totally fair. I thought that was just really funny. I just thought it was very hilarious because Lex like Luthor is a big like guy in the is... comics, isn't he? I mean, sometimes. Yeah, it depends. The thing is that is that like even me having like this obsession with things being like the comics yeah. is like kind of silly, mm-hmm. right? Because it's like what you, I think it's what you were talking about with the deification. uh, Yeah, the deification of just like things that aren't real. Yeah. Like what you were talking about with Gal Gadot is that even herself almost believes the image that her celebrity elevates her to a status like Wonder Woman. Yeah. Is that like. Yeah, that's what I was getting at for sure. But like Wonder Woman's not real. No. Lex Luthor isn't real. Lex Luthor's not real. Yeah, and, and that's that's the thing, is they can have a different portrayal of Lex Luthor, and I can totally dislike it if I don't want to. Oh, yeah, you can. Yeah. I'm not saying you can't. No, I know you're not saying No, that. I am saying you can't. Yeah, you're, no, that's mind. what we're saying. You're saying that you're right. I'm and saying yeah, that you're saying I'm that, right, actually. Yeah, all I the time. My mind. I'm yeah. correct. No, I am. Uh, we completely no, fucking me. eliminated that, that first thing that I said. Fuck that. We're the most opinionated people, and we're always correct. Yeah, everything we say on this podcast yeah. is fact. Well, no, I hard, think hard, cold, I solid. I think we facts. should talk about Star Wars because I really wanted to get into Star Wars and about. Unless you have like another like closing thoughts on this on this topic, on this specific topic, yeah, I on don't, like DC and I, things like that. And man, this was your thing, and I feel yeah. like I railroaded you. No, dude, not at all. This is awesome. This is exactly <laughs> what we love. This is what I love about co- talking with you is our conversation. I have an idea for what I want it to be, and then it becomes something different. But it's like still very meaningful and it's still like very much in the same realm of what i want to talk about so don't even worry bro that's what this is for conversation oh my god this is so cute yeah we're, we're this like, is our first day we're just this is our we're first just like <laughs> yeah we're like just starting podcasting and we're like figuring it out yeah we're just figuring it out we're just you know like i'm my bed on my side of the bed i want it to be cold on his side of the bed he wants it to be warm you know like that kind of stuff uh yeah, no like, wait, uh, you just need to figure it yeah figure it, you know? yeah we'll figure it out we'll we'll <laughs> anyway star wars 
is what I wanted I want to talk about because Star Wars is a perfect example of something that was deified when it started and I think it's still deified for a lot of people but for a lot of people that previous deification has caused them to become innately crazily critical of everything that comes out in that you, franchise. Do you think that Star Wars is like that powerful that is just poisoned people's minds i don't think it's poison no no that's not what i'm trying to say is i'm just saying that like i don't think you could make another star wars i don't think there's ever going to be a franchise like another star wars ever no no i you genuinely don't, you don't, like in terms of just sheer blanket popularity yeah i i don't think there will be because it came out in such a perfect time you know what i mean like, it came out when space operas were kind of a thing that a lot of people were interested in. Like, with the movies that came out around, like, in the 80s and stuff like that, you had, like, Dune. And also, like, uh, there was Star Trek, obviously, in the Star Trek films that happened. So, like, there was a lot of uh, people who really dug sci-fi. And Star Wars, as a space opera and everything, it was just so new and refreshing. Even though all of these space operas kind of had similar vibes or similar things going on, like this one was very much its own kind of thing, you know? And so I think it was so original at the time as like, a, it's like, it's similar to Game of Thrones. I think Game of Thrones is so popular because like Star Wars is also so popular because I think as a, like as a sci-fi movie, it completely separated itself from Star Trek, which is the other really big one that everyone kind of thinks about, right? And I think oh, yeah. Game of Thrones did an amazing job at separating itself from Lord of the Rings because it's the only other really big fantasy thing that everyone knows. And I think that's why Game of Thrones got as popular as it did. But I don't think Game of Thrones is on the same level as Star Wars. And I think it's because Star Wars is so new that everyone was blown away by it. So, like, it's only kind of positive feedback for the original trilogy. Like, yeah, people nowadays have, like, critiqued them and stuff like that. But I think even if you released uh, Return of the Jedi in like, or not Return of the Jedi, if you released The Empire Strikes Back now as a mainline Star Wars movie, people would probably pick it apart. I don't think people would love it anywhere near as much. And I think that's like kind of the case well, with the sequel well, trilogy. Here's the thing, is that um, with The Last Jedi, yeah. how do you feel about The Last Jedi? Like, are you one of the haters? Oh, I really, I really dislike it, yeah. Oh, God. Anyways, wait, wait, The Last uh, Jedi? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. no, the last Jedi. No, I can. I actually have come to appreciate it. There's a lot of things I dislike about it, but I think it's really, you know, original. But I, at the same time, I think there's a lot of things that I really do dislike about it, for sure. Uh, it's so it's so good. Okay, um, it's, yep. it's my favorite Star Wars. Yeah, I know you. You, you said that to me I before. Yeah. I don't care who else knows that, Connor. I'm just saying it Put here. Put it out there. So I yeah, can, I'm putting it out in the world. Get everyone I don't care to who know knows. that Kieran loves the Last Jedi. I mean, most of the people I think that might listen to this might already know that. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but if you're new. But who knows? If you're new, I love that movie. And I, I love it for the same reasons why I love The Empire Strikes Back. Mm -hmm. um, because, like, people don't know, like, The Empire Strikes Back even came up before I was born. So I asked my yeah. dad, what was it like seeing Empire Strikes Back in the theater? And he told me it was, like, the greatest movie experience he ever had. Yeah. And then I realized... I could never have that experience ever that my dad had. Right? But you did. I'll never with, be able to. I'll did you do that with the last see, Jedi? No, no, no. Hear me out here. Okay. I'll never be able to see the Empire Strikes Back like my dad did, right? Mm -hmm. In the theater, all that kind of mm -hmm. stuff. And it's like, man, if only I could do that. But the thing is, is that that's not the most important part of when my dad saw it. My mm -hmm. dad saw it when he was like 15. Mm -hmm. 
when he was a kid or yeah. like when he was 11 or whatever yeah whatever however old he was when that movie came out that's what was important he was a child mm-hmm. adults when empire strikes came back came out if you go and look at reviews in popular newspapers and things like that at the time um it got like panned people thought it was just like super dumb mm, like okay and, like it wasn't pop it critically it didn't do very well and like in the adult audience at the time it didn't do very well and the star wars movie that we're all shitting on that everybody always shits on yeah Last Jedi. Last we Jedi. all saw it when we all saw it when we were no kids. i honestly i like we can't watch it like when we were kids and now all the people that are that are our age are making video essays about how the prequels are secretly genius and blah, 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 blah. Mm. Dude, go back to 2005 YouTube and you will not find a single one of video called the prequels are secretly genius. Yeah. It's people shitting on it because those people watch the prequels as adults. So, but what I, I wa- what I care about is, and the voice I'll never hear. I won't hear until uh, like a, two decades from now. Yeah. Um, are the people who grew up on, force awakens the last jedi and rise of skywalker like honestly my opinion doesn't really matter all that much you think it's (laughs) like the younger generation that's going to really change the perception of them and if you and if you listen to the people making star wars that's what they say they say star wars is generational star wars is meant to inspire but next generation i I think the sequel i think the sequel trilogy can be uh taken on its own compared to the other two because they didn't have a concrete plan of what they wanted like the other two trilogies were written kind of together with the oh, same writers no they weren't no they weren't well they were like, different you, but they were different writers you, but they were all dude like the i'm sure that they were planned out more i don't think they were planned out that episode four was gonna be episode four because it was just star wars a new hope but I think yeah, and and his original screenplay is a fucking mess. Yeah, and uh, and the original cut of the original Star Wars movie is a fucking mess. Okay, but the well, thing I is, think... is that Star Wars has been deified so much, even the original movie. Yeah, they're corny, and there's a lot of things wrong with them. Absolutely. No, but like a George Lucas specifically, like he yeah. gets a lot of credit for having. Yeah, no, George having, Lucas just had the having idea. These movies planned out, no. or like the original trilogies were planned out, but they weren't. They were. They didn't think that they were ever going to get a sequel to the first mm-hmm. Star Wars movie. Yeah, thought that was so, the be all end all. Yeah, so there was no. Okay, well then, well then I'll take. Go, okay, right? well then I'll take that and look at the trilogy that they were able to make in terms of character arc and character development. In compared to the ones now, where it seemed like a kind of tug of war between two directors, like it felt like J.J. Abrams started this franchise and was like, "Okay, I'm just gonna kind of gonna leave it open ended for the next guy." Then Ryan Johnson came along and was like, "I'm gonna make this very much my own," and he did. He made the Last Jedi, and then J.J. came back and took the fucking reins back. I was like, "No, no, no! I'm going to retcon so much of what you did in this one that it's just gonna be a bit of a mess." So. I didn't like, I think out of the three of them, my least favorite is The Rise of Skywalker. I think The Rise of Skywalker is, you know, a very forced, ha ha ha, pun intended, a very forced, <laughs> a very like convoluted, uh, very much like a movie that's like convenient in a lot of ways. You know, it doesn't feel like it's the last movie is the most recent like end of the trilogy. You know what I mean? Like, because for me, the Revenge of the Sith, I think that movie's awesome. Like, I think it culminates in one of the most, like, spectacular, like, character-driven battles ever. And that's obviously deification. 
I love that scene. Right? I love that it's scene. So it's it's isn't it so bizarre? Like this is such an interesting conversation because it's like the things that you and I specifically have deified are so different, mm-hmm. and like uh, when when you're when we're talking about Batman v Superman, it's like I'm so quick to like quick to defend that movie mm-hmm. almost, right? And it's like I really don't like Revenge of the Sith, mm-hmm. but it's like y- you will tell me you'll say something like one of the most powerful character driven fights ever and it's like i think the last fight in that movie is terrible okay (laughs) yeah i just think that's so interesting no i i honestly i think that is like the dude the i think the clone wars the last four episodes of star wars the clone wars really contextualized the movie for me and it made everything make sense and i actually realized that yeah it's totally without planning that they like honestly the original trilogy i didn't understand like the main point like i didn't understand why the clones were like turning on the jedi and everything and then i watched the clone wars season seven and i was like oh my god the whole plan from the start was to create the clone wars to create the clones to get the jedi to trust the clones and because they're so in their own heads and in their own asses about being what's right they fail to see the cabal that they've created around them just to have that army turn around to eliminate them like that was so interesting to me I thought that was so like such an amazing like plot thing, but that wasn't planned, I guess. Like it just kind of happened in the movies and then Star Wars Clone Wars season seven happened and it explained, well, the entire Clone Wars series like explains why the clones do what they do. They have a microchip in their brain. They're powerless to it. It makes into a tragedy. Like it makes all the clones into everything is manipulated. Yeah, totally. And I think like that's why the last fight scene, I guess, hits so hard. It's because Anakin has literally been groomed and manipulated so hard between the two other movies and this one that he's just blind to everything. Obi-Wan sees it all so clearly and Anakin is blind. And those are the best conflicts. Like we talked about this in the last episode, like when two characters are at a point where they cannot reconcile, like they, there's no point of reconciliation for them. And they both have these really strong objectives and motives. Like Obi-Wan, when he's fighting Anakin, a lot of it is, is out of self-hatred because like he can't forgive himself for not being able to see this coming and not being able to save Anakin. Like when he says like you were a brother to me, I loved you, you were supposed to destroy the Sith, not join them. Like that's he's saying that to himself basically because he couldn't prevent it. And I think that's like really fucking powerful when like even the hero who gets away is so broken from the encounter. You know? He doesn't have yeah, the heart yeah. to like put Anakin out of his misery and then he ends up creating the most powerful monster in the galaxy in Darth Vader. Like I think that is just so interesting, you know? Yeah. Man, it's just like <laughs> it's weird that I was just like, man, these movies are made for kids, but it's like then they're then we're talking about how it's like he doesn't have the heart to put his burning friend of yeah. this lava planet out of misery <laughs> the people are no that's the thing is like it's it's, like, it's, it's these movies are for kids i know and that's what's so tough about it is like it's like you said star wars is generational man so it's like it's it's so weird to think that but also a, like i'm an advocate of not hiding any of that shit from children because that doesn't help them right no and i i, I totally am an George advocate Lucas for that i think of, right? yeah Where george lucas like, wanted to censor things that's why like the prequels are a lot more kid friendly in the earlier ones like in especially a phantom menace like that movie's quite kid friendly yeah but also then there's all this like layered stuff about taxation and, yeah i know there's an and, entire and, and that's so funny dude and, the entire nine movie trilogy starts out of a trade dispute it's fucking hilarious that is the funniest thing i honestly well, think that is so funny that it's a trade embargo dude, 
dude that's fucking real life i know i know that's exactly why it's brilliant because it's this boring ass diplomatic shit that starts a massive war that's literally like that's war all over the place pearl harbor man pearl harbor the reason pearl harbor happened was because there was a trade embargo in japan the united states was like all right japan you're doing a lot of bad stuff we're gonna stop giving you oil and then pearl harbor happened same shit and the u.s was like fine and the u.s was like fine now we'll fight yeah all that human rights stuff. Yeah. We didn't care about that. Yeah, no. <laughs> exactly. But now we got it. Like, the sacking of Nanking? No way. No way, Jose. I'm not joining. Anyways, that's some <laughs> historical <laughs> drama. But no, I, I, what is your opinion on the rise of Skywalker? I don't like it. Okay, good. We're on the same page there. We're on the same <laughs> yeah, page no, there. I d- yeah, 100%. No, I, yeah, I really... I, I, uh, I don't. I don't. Mate, like, because like, the thing is, is I think The Last Jedi, what it introduced was really interesting in a lot of ways. Like, Ray's parentage, her, like, that not mattering. Like, that was interesting. Like, that anyone could be Force-sensitive. That there's just, Anybody. like, potential yeah. Force-sensitive people out in the world. That also like, gives a lot of hope for kids, you know? Like, oh, maybe because I'm, even though my parents aren't Force-sensitive, I still might be. You know? Yeah, it's almost like, uh, it's almost like uh, that movie was trying to tell you, hey, man. It's kind of lame that yeah. only one family exists. Totally, and that it's like, matters. and it's and they're base, and they're literally like princes and princesses. Yeah, exactly. Of the entire world, exactly. And they're like rich and famous, and everyone knows. Totally, who they are, and they're the only ones that matter. Yeah. It's like, well, that not. I liked the idea of. Well, no, that's stupid. Yeah, it and can be. We anyone. all matter. We all do. Right? Yeah, totally. And 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 Ray searching for her parents. I thought the whole point of her. I thought that JJ was setting Ryan Johnson up for that. You know I thought I mean? so too. Like, I thought he was setting him up for like, hey man, like I we know what these people are gonna think. Yeah, we know that the whole audience is gonna be like, who is your family? Who is your family? Because yeah. that's what Star Wars has traditionally been about. Yeah, but this is a Star Wars to me for a whole new generation and a whole new world that no one was ready for. Yeah, like it I, I, it's like the information age has has changed everything. Yeah, I right? I totally so, agree. So I think Star Wars being something this generational should maybe reflect that. And I think it does reflect that. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, JJ in both of his outings with Star Wars, they felt to me personally, kind of like a remember Star Wars, you know? Yeah. Like, it oh, just, yeah. The mem- uh, yeah. Member berries. Yeah. Like remember? it just, it felt like, remember that? Like, remember Star Wars? Remember yeah. That? Star Wars remember was Star really Wars? fun. You remember that? Like, for example, I think in, okay, well, this is the one thing that I really dislike about The Last Jedi is just like Luke. Like, I just don't like what happened to Luke. Like, I mean, in the end, that, like, I like the ending of him becoming a Force ghost. Like, that was very, you know. Oh, I, man. I don't think Luke likes what happened to him. No, Luke did that, not like what happened to him. And I like, and I like that because, man, it's, it's interesting and like literally right now you and i are sitting and talking about it and mm-hmm. having like like i i if you didn't like luke i really like luke in that movie and i thought that they gave him something interesting and they gave more camel something interesting to do if he had just come out and you know at the beginning of the movie had been who he was at the end I, I don't think, think no, I don't. I, I you know think, what I mean? Like, no, I at the think, end of the movie, he does face down the entire Empire with but, a laser but, sword. But, he does the one thing he said he wasn't going to do at the beginning yeah, of the movie. Yeah, well, kind of. Like, he yeah, kind of Yeah, I know, and that's does. my favorite part, is that not only does he do it, 
He actually Does is it. doing it yeah. from a completely other planet. And I thought when I saw it in the theater, I was like, oh, my God, Luke Skywalker is the most bad motherfucker that has ever and lived on this side of the galaxy. Yeah, forever. because he was like, he was like, I'm done now. Yeah. And I was like, man, that's what I would do, bro. But <laughs> I would, this... if I projected my entire consciousness across the galaxy I... and then I'd be like, I can't do it. Yeah, anymore. no, I, I get and that. And they established earlier in the movie when uh, with the whole like linking between Ray and Kylo Ren. Yeah, that was Kylo Ren is like, yo, you're not doing this. The effort would kill you. Yeah. And I was like, finally, dude, out loud in the theater, I said, finally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, the reason I said finally is because fuck there's finally a limit to like the ability of the force and yeah that the force doesn't actually have limits but the hu- your body yeah your body limits, does yeah right is that eventually your body will break but they've never established that before mm-hmm. so finally it felt like star wars in our hyper cynical world where i really want all of these fictitious worlds to have rules that i can understand yeah um it did that for me. But it broke like, so many other ones, though. Like, that just had to do more with the world and less about the Jedi. Yeah, but I don't think the hyperspace thing is that big of a deal. No, I'm, I'm not talking about the hyperspace thing. I'm talking about the bombs. What are you talking about? Um, they have magnets on them. Yeah, no, they're magnets on them. No, uh, what I'm saying is uh, Y-Wing bombers exist. They exist in the Clone Wars. Uh, yeah, but why, they and, just wanted a new ship. They want a new ship. Okay, so they wanted a way worse, way slower, way bigger, way bulkier, way like you know these things. So you're telling you're telling me that all of the ships in the prequels are cool and good? No, I'm saying that we've seen them in action. We've seen what they're capable of. In in uh, Revenge of the Sith, there's an entire scene where Y wing bombers take down an entire like separatist ship on their own just with their plasma bombs. Yeah, uh, but they're not technically Y wings. Yeah, they are. Well, my if my friend my friend was here right now, he would tell you the fucking model number of it. Okay, wait, let me see. That they're not exactly they're not exactly Y wings because everything. No, like, the Y wing. Yeah, no, the Y wing. The reason we have the reason we have new ships in the new movies is because they wanted to make toys. Okay, no, no, sure. Which fair. is exactly uh, George Lucas would be fucking applauding. Sure, fair, right fair. Now. That's fair, but that still doesn't take away from the universal implications of like why would they do that when in the past seventy years they had these ships that were so much better at doing the task, and we've already seen they have those same ships. Like the X wings have been in like every movie basically. They were in the Clone Wars. The, the precursor to the X-Wings and the Clone Wars. So, like, they're using the same kind of ships from then. Why don't they have these other ones? Why do they have to make an entire new fleet of these terrible, awful bombers where only one could do the job when they have, like, ten other ones? It just, like, make it doesn't make a lot of sense universally. Yeah, but just think about it for two seconds. Okay, I'm thinking about it. I always complain about this shit because George Lucas just would write things into a script and then some poor guy sitting in a desk somewhere in some cubicle will get some concept art thrown on his desk. And they're like, uh, this is what uh, Anakin's flying. No, this is what Ryan Johnson wanted though. Hold on, hold on, hold on. And then, and then, and then, and then people would be like, this is the prequel age. Okay. This is 1999. They just get like slapped on some fucking concept art on their desk. And some poor writer of the star Wars encyclopedia that now you can buy chapters. Uh, okay. has to come up with some fucking reason why the flaps on this ship open up. And he writes in uh, the T-16 fighter and okay. his cluster missiles, and he writes this whole thing. And then you and I grow up reading these Star Wars encyclopedia books okay. so that next time a Star Wars movie comes out, 
we're thinking so critically about how the ships work that yeah. we're not thinking at all about the characters. Well, I mean, let's talk about the character then. <laughs> let's talk about characters. Um, Finn is entirely underdeveloped and underutilized. He's a clone. He's a stormtrooper, and he's meant to personify stormtroopers. When in reality, that does absolutely nothing, and they blast stormtroopers to death all the same, even though they're all ripped from their homes as infants. There could have been an interesting plotline where he shows mercy to stormtroopers, and it comes back and bites him, and then that's where he knows that like they're indoctrinated to the point that he could have been. You know, that's an entire thing where. Oh, dude, dude, uh, yeah, no, John Boyega and Finn got fucking slapped on. Totally, and like he and and I don't think that that stuff is the last Jedi's fault. No, I don't think it's the last Jedi's fault. I think that's I think that's definitely established in the first one. But also, his character is completely not used in in the last Jedi. Like his entire subplot is a a complete MacGuffin. Um, But no, I want to say something in Star Wars Resistance, which is the uh, TV series that takes place during the time of the Resistance. They actually have a Y-Wing bomber that works in that show. The Resistance has one. Yeah, I know. But I know we're not talking about this anymore, but I just, I want to, I I know it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Sure. It doesn't matter. Okay. It doesn't matter. (laughs) Well, let's talk about Poe in that movie. Um, Poe is treated like shit by the entire rebellion. He does something that saves all of their lives imminently like immediately like he saves their lives all of them because they would have been killed by the dreadnought had he not saved that bomb bomber to destroy it and then he gets slapped in the face and reprimanded for it and then amlin holdo doesn't tell him anything about the plan assumes that he's going to have a mutiny and then after the mutiny is put down she's like i like him and it's like well you didn't really like like imagine if like she just told poe the plan and then helped him and like he helped her and things like that that could have been so much more character for him where he like learns things you know, well, he did learn shit though. Like, you know what I mean? It's like that's just not what happened. Well, okay. Do you know what I mean? That's not what happened. But the things didn't tell him. Okay, I don't know. I think Poe is another character where he is underutilized. I don't know in the Last Jedi like as much because he think... has that entire hyperspace drive subplot thing. Well, Star Wars. Here's the, here's the thing about the Last Jedi though is that it's the middle movie, right? Yeah. Is that these guys are supposed to have arcs that weren't completely finished. That was supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. The problem is that now it's over. Well, I think, and it, and it ended like crap. yeah, it ended like crap. But I think I think Finn could have like his arc could have been really interesting with him actually dying at the end to save the rebellion. You know, to save the to save them, like when he if he drove the speeder into the laser and destroyed it, I think that would have been a really really sound end to his character arc. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I think that moment was kind of taken away from is you. really nice. Yeah, I think what she says is really nice too. But at the same time, it's like I I don't know. I think her character also got butchered in the most recent one because she wasn't in it. No, yeah, but the, the, I think what I really think the actual problem with star wars is is that it's so big and it, like you said I, you don't think another franchise will ever get this big totally um, it's so big and there's so many people talking about it 20 fucking 4 7 mm-hmm. i mean you and i are doing it right now oh absolutely right? we're totally contributing to it right and it's just like that what are they supposed to do yeah no will, and that's that's that will, so it's like what honestly they're trying their best to listen to everyone. But when you listen to everyone, you end up with something that's a little bit shallow. Yeah, and that's exactly what the rise of Skywalker. That's kind of what we ended up with. The rise of Skywalker. Yeah, that's what we ended up with. It's very shallow. We just, because, uh, 
you can't please everyone, so you shouldn't even try. Which is why I like the Last Jedi. Yeah, well, the Last Jedi it like didn't try it, and Ryan Johnson, uh, it like in interviews when they show that clip of like, uh, uh, Mark Hamill talking about where he's like, uh, Ryan used to say we can't think about the fans, mm-hmm. we have to think about what's right for our movie, mm-hmm. and people point at that as like a bad thing, and I'm like, no, 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 that's that's exactly what I would want a filmmaker to do on totally. a project that I was working on. Yeah, you know but I, mean? I think one thing that the Last Jedi kind of like. I don't know, it, it hurts a bit, is, like, the it, it seems like the characters of the new trilogy are, like, obviously the focus, and I understand, like, why they're the focus. Like, commercially, you obviously want new heroes to make in, like, action figures and, like, characters for the kids to look up to and everything, but I think in that, at that same time, like, well, the entire thing with Leia getting blown up and then floating through space... Like, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I when I saw it in the theater for the first time, yeah, I thought, "Oh shit, she knows how to use the force." Yeah, and that and that was it, Dan. That yeah, was it. that's all I thought. I just the thing is, is I had n- never in Star Wars seen a Jedi outside of a ship without, you know, succumbing to the elements. Yeah, but also there's sound in space in Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. There's lots of fire out there. In yeah, space. but I'm just thinking of like specific scenes from like the Clone Wars where like they get outside of the ship. Like General only... Grievous in Episode Three shoots himself out of a window. He's not completely robotic. He has. Human yeah, no, body he parts. has a. He has not human. He's an alien, but yeah, he does have body. Oh, wait, parts. he has. He has. He has biological. Yeah, he's, he's a but cyborg. he also and he's he, a and he cyborg. Himself out into space. Yeah, and but Plo Koon also has a breathing apparatus that he wears, and he's out okay yeah, in the vacuum of space. space. So I'm just saying that that kind of checks out because he has a breathing apparatus. I'm assuming Grievous Grievous also has a breathing apparatus. Yeah, but. Uh, but then again, Grievous I'm also like, that's also me reading into it. And like, yeah, I think I just think with Leia doing that is like it felt tough to watch because it's like, man, like there's already been an entire other movie and you didn't let us know that you could do the you could use the force until now. Like, why? Yeah, like, you have that, this ability, man. Like, just use it. Be a Jedi, JJ, too. Man. Yeah, like, that's all, all on JJ. JJ. Like, but, he, he he fucking. That's also it sucks because the I Force just Awakens. wish they planned the three movies out. You know, I just wish they had a plan. Like we talked about the Dark Knight last week, and that is the perfect trilogy with the perfect amount of planning, perfect amount of character development. But Everything the thing is, so is well that thought the out. thing is, is that those those movies aren't those movies weren't planned. The Dark Knight trilogy was not a guarantee. They oh yeah, have that's a, that's they fair. didn't have a second picture when they made Batman Begins. They only had a deal for one movie, mm-hmm. right? The Joker tease at the end of Batman Begins is literally just that's it. Well, that's then, it, but it then it's like even it's even the... more impressive that they're able to make this cohesive trilogy out of the three movies. To be fair, in their defense, they had the same writer and director, or the same writers and director for all three. Yeah, and look who wrote Star Wars Episode Seven and Star Wars Episode Nine. JJ mm-hmm. JJ Abrams. Abrams, and he's not a very good writer. No, like, he's, he's a not. really, really, he's really, not. really, he's really, bad, really good filmmaker. Yeah, he's a bad writer. He knows how. Yeah, to I saw like Super Eight stuff. I don't really like the stuff he writes. Like, I <laughs> yeah, just, like totally. It, 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 I I think he's such an incredible filmmaker. I think so. He's a he's a very visual. He's a visionary. You know, in in his own way. Yeah, and uh, it's just kind of a, a a bummer. Yeah, it is a bummer because we talking about these three movies is tough because like it's really hard to talk about them individually without contextualizing them in the trilogy but the trilogy is so kind of scattershot 
because it has these two conflicting artistic ideas it's gonna be so hard to explain this to someone like my future children where i'm yeah try to explain the discourse of the star wars yeah because then it becomes less why was everyone so mad and i'm like it's not even about the movies yeah it's way more about the meta like (laughs) filmmaking side of everything that's like the big thing there's because we are all constantly looking into celebrities' lives totally. and movies' lives. Like, I yeah. don't care. I don't care about these people's if, lives. If, I just care about the projects if Mark that Hamill, working on. If Mark Hamill hadn't said the things that he did during the press run of The Last Jedi, I feel like a lot of people would have been a lot more receptive to Luke. And if everybody didn't just... Yeah, right? Is like, that his, like, like oh, that he's Mar- unhappy. Yeah, he's unhappy. And, like... If he's unhappy, then it really must. But then again, like Mark Hamill didn't write Luke. He didn't write him in the first few movies. He played him. Nope. Yeah, and he, and he said that. Yeah. I heard him say that. Yeah. I heard him say, like, uh, yeah, I wouldn't have done this, but I'm the guy who just plays him. Yeah. Uh, it's not really up to me. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, he's right. He is right. right? It's like I think it is, it is tough, though, like seeing like a character, like playing a character, being a character, and then kind of your entire image and idea of them is just something completely like pulled under the rug from you i know that's like exciting as an actor but i feel like with luke and like we said like with these actors kind of attaching themselves to these characters like i feel like in a few ways mark hamill probably was like like on us and that's on mark hamill totally that's on yeah that's that's and i know that's exactly why it's like very tough yeah it's like really tough because we have deified luke you know as the prodigal son kind of character um he's just a character he is a character he's fake he's not real yeah yeah but also it hurts like, because watching a journey of a character, like I'm going to talk about Game of Thrones for a second here, but like watching a character's journey do a complete 180 for no reason is like really tough to watch when like you watch a character's actions go one way for an entire series only for one episode for them to like flip back to their ways. I'm talking about Jamie Lannister. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like that was really painful um, for me. And same with, I mean, if you seen, I'm assuming you've seen it as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah, I yeah. think like Daenerys as well, like that one's really tough to like watch that happen uh you know they have their reasons for it to happen and i think i just think with uh jamie lannister it was an especially like stark character departure uh from what he like was for the entire series up to that point you know i felt like that was pretty in tone with game of thrones um i don't only because there's some scenes in the like the past that they show like that were in the series like there's a scene that jamie has with brienne of tarth where he's in the bath in like season five and it's after his hand's been cut off and everything and they've been together for a while and uh or it might be in season three or four i don't remember but they're like in the bath and they're talking and he's telling her about like his decision to kill aegon targaryen like the mad king and then he gets like the he gets the name like Kingslayer and all that stuff. The guy who has no honor, whatever. Um, he basically says in that scene, like I sacrificed everything that I had, my honor, like my legacy, like who I was as a person to save the people of King's Landing. Because if he didn't do that, then like millions would die and he'd never be able to forgive himself. And he's like, I was hated by everyone after this just because I saved these people, right? And then in the very last episode that you see him in, or the, the penultimate episode, uh, or it's not the penultimate, I think it might be like the third last episode, Tyrion's talking to him and he says like, if you don't stop Cersei, like millions of people could die. Uh, and then he's like, yeah, I never cared about the people of King's Landing, innocent or otherwise, is what he says. But it's like, he has that entire scene in season five where he's talking about how like his decision of caring for them is like what ruined 
his like reputation and his image. Like the entire first season you spend from Ned Stark's perspective, and Ned Stark hates him because he sees him as a not honorable person, right? And so I don't know. That one was really weird. That's like an example of I think like writers changing a character to fit their motive, you know? Yeah, I I don't know, man. I I think a lot of this is like reactionary to audience feedback. Mm. Like, do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, you're not supposed to like JB, and then you're supposed to realize, oh, I'm, he's he did one thing that was pretty good, right? Like, yeah. But he's a piece of shit. He is a piece of shit. Totally sucks ass. He does suck ass. But the thing is, in our cultural zeitgeist, people literally talk about the Game of Thrones. Who's your favorite character? Who do you love? So now people have Mm. characters they literally love in this fantasy world that George R. R. Martin wrote, full of a bunch of characters. Yeah, Jamie like assholes. He's in love. They don't care about anything except for a Game of Thrones. Exactly. He's in love with his sister, and he's like a pawn to her. Yeah, and, and now people seem to be like okay with this culture yeah totally like, yeah it, that's it, just because yeah. game of thrones is popular yeah it's like, what yeah uh i think game of it's thrones like, no it's fucked up game man. of thrones is a perfect example of something that i once deified and now is very ground in reality for me like after it's over i i never deified it i will okay to I be like, fair I, I like the last I, season to be I like fair it. i watched it i started when i was 11 like i was way too young when i started watching it but i started when i was you 11. were way too young yeah so no i started when it bad. started Because, like, my dad didn't really know that it was going to be as, like, graphic and, like, there's as much nudity as there was. Sorry, this isn't bad parenting. My dad's a good parent. But I know. My dad, I I really loved watching Lord of the Rings. And so my dad was like, yeah, it's kind of like Lord of the Rings. I was like, oh, can I watch it? And so I would, like, (laughs) I would watch it. It's a subversion of Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I would just, like, close my eyes whenever there was, like, a sex scene and stuff like that until I, like, became, like, 17, (laughs) 16. Well, like, when I was, like, 16, 17, I, like, was like, all right, I'll watch it. But, um, yeah, no, I, I grew up with it. So I deified it, obviously, like, as a kid. I was like, wow, this show's amazing. And then, like, they had that thing where they killed, like, Ned Stark. And that was, like, where I was like, oh, my God, like, subverted expectations are a thing. And then, like, throughout the series, I just really grew to love it and really like where it was going. And then I just started to notice as the seasons got closer to the end that the world just kind of changed. Like, characters would be in, you know... They would like a journey that would take them three or four episodes earlier in the series would take like 30 seconds. Like they just appear in King's Landing just like. So what you're saying is like when you were a kid and you had your expectations subverted, you were like, oh, this is a thing. But now. Well, I don't think it's the subverting. Now now you had expect you had expectations for Game of Thrones. I don't think it's no, I think it's different to like subvert expectations like in the story. And then it's really different to subvert expectations with the rules of the world you've already established. Because like you said, like you like to have rules, things that you can quantify and like understand in a world. And like in Game of Thrones, the sense of time very much felt like time was like quite like it. it, There was a long time for these journeys. Characters take a long time getting from point A to point B because they don't have transportation that 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 is that quick. Like Daenerys later in the series obviously has her dragons so she can fly places. But like I earlier in the series, it very much was like established to me up until about season four or five that like time was pretty slow and that they would take their time building character rather than action um well that's that's what that's why i am happy at the end of game of thrones that they don't fucking do that anymore because me and my dad would always complain about game of thrones okay because he and i both like the show a lot yeah um but he and i will be like 
people say it's the greatest TV show that's ever lived. No, like, no, 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 it has no, like no. people complain about pacing issues. Yeah. Game of Thrones has the most horrible pacing, like ever, because they establish really early on in the show that it takes a long time to get places. Yeah, the whole first two seasons, you're like, oh my god, and it's been then, three episodes of a journey. Yeah, and then they keep fucking doing it, and I'm like, oh my god, I know. I know it takes a long time to get places. Can you stop showing me tons of time of people just traveling and sitting in tents? Yeah, like, and that's and that's uh, totally. And then, a f- and then finally, we get to the end of the show, and I felt like it respected my intelligence enough to be like, "You've watched six seasons of this. I'm sure you know how long it takes to get here. We don't have to show you." Mm-hmm. I, I guess that's, that's how it felt to me. I guess that's just like right? a, a difference in like what those scenes meant to each of us. Because for you, that was like really like kind of. I don't know. You thought the pacing was like terrible. I thought the pacing was awesome because it was so different to everything that I'd been used to. Like I really hated the really like fast paced over the top, like character development that happens in like 90 minutes in an action movie. Like I really like movies and things that like take their time developing a character, making you showing you their flaws and also like their virtues and their qualities that are good. And I also like Game of Thrones because it did something different. Like it showed that like your good virtues can get you killed in this world. And that it like consistently kind of teaches you that message that like your good virtues and good intents can be the thing that like kills you. And I thought like them taking a long time to get to those journeys and get to those payoffs. I really liked it because it kept me on the, it kept me interested and engaged because there'd be a conversation that happens where like some interesting character development would happen. And I'm like, how is that going to go later in the plot? And I think it just comes with how many fucking characters there are. That's one thing is Game of Thrones has a million fucking characters. So that's another reason why the pacing sucks because they have to deal with like, all right, this episode, we got to deal with this storyline and this storyline and this storyline and this storyline. And we can't have them progress too much, you know, because when one storyline is clearly progressing more than the others, it really gets hard to watch the others. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, so like if one storyline's super interesting and like you only want to watch that, then like the other stuff just sucks. And that's kind of, it got to that place in certain points, I think. Like in season four, I was just like, I just want to see Tyrion. Like, I just want to watch that. I don't want to watch anything else. I don't care about Daenerys. I don't care about any of that shit. I just want to watch Tyrion and King's Landing going through this. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I really like that about Game of Thrones. That it took time. And I don't think, I mean, yeah, it's indulgent for sure, but the books are indulgent as fuck. Yeah, but it's a that's the thing, man. Is you think it's indulgent? It's, no, it's a book. Yeah. So books like, can be indulgent. To, they can be. You're allowed, super to be, allowed to be, right? Yeah. But it's like because a a book doesn't have a a, a runtime. Well, yeah, right? but like but a, it, a, a book a book could be uh, something that you watch episodic. The exact opposite, but the exact opposite thing like happens with like the fucking Hobbit, like with the book and with like the movie. Is like they did the opposite oh, yeah. of indulgence. They the movie indulged itself on a oh, very yeah. non-indulgent source material, but for one specific reason: money, money, money. and that's <laughs> one thing. Money. I think I just think Game of Thrones. One thing that they also came down to was the two writers, like the main writers, they wanted to get to other projects. I think. I don't know. I don't think that's true. I think it's I think true. That that's a, I think that's a wild rumor that's just spread on the internet. Mm, I, I don't know I because they just, signed, they I were signing tons hate of it so much that, yeah, why wouldn't, dude, you know that the show's coming to an end. Yeah, totally. Well, they so knew it was coming to an end. why wouldn't you sign on for other work? No, Especially that, when but they, now, I when think, we're hot and we're popular and we can do a lot of other things. Yeah, but there's supposed to be, like, you know, two other books that came out 
in like the to end the series and everything but they cut it down they're like we're just gonna write you know one season they shorten the season they shortened both of the seasons leading up to it like you know yeah but there's a reason they did that yeah and what was that money dude like think about how if they had done four more seasons no i don't i don't think that the budgets were like up to like a million dollars an episode yeah like that's I would like they were more than, to continue uh, yeah, were, to make other stuff. Yeah. And I don't I didn't want them to become Game of Thrones network. And thankfully they didn't mm-hmm. because they were like, okay, yeah, let's just end Game of Thrones and move on to other yeah. shows. And I because it's like that's what HBO is good at, but people just loved Game of Thrones so much. Well, I also think just, I like, also think it would have been way too Well, much. this is another thing too, is we could have if if they really wanted if it tr- they truly wanted to do other work and stuff like that, um showrunners change all the time you know and like writers for shows change a lot yeah but dude we also live in a world where a writer change on a show like that they probably would have got boycotted on twitter yeah well look at all the acting changes they had there's nothing there i like the actor turnover was ridiculous the mountain was played by four different actors uh dario naharis was a different actor for the first season that he was present like they yeah. recast quite a few different people. Yeah, but oh, but the thing is, is that if that had happened, but even if, if but if, if the that, writing was if solid, that had happened if a casting change had happened in the last two seasons of Game of Thrones, it would have been a big deal because then it was popular. Sure, but I I still like four I, seasons mm, in. I still I still think different writers could have done you know more with it personally. Yeah, well, you're getting a Game of Thrones fucking spinoff show. So, well, yeah, I don't, I don't really give a fuck about that. After the end of the last season, I'm kind of not really into Game of Thrones that much. Nah, man, you can't. That's the whole problem with the deification of any of this. Well, stuff. no, but I, I, it's just like it. No, it, it killed my interest for it, dude. And that's, I'm. It's not because I deified it. It's just because it, I didn't. It wasn't along my taste line, so I don't really enjoy it that much. Like, just because I don't like something doesn't mean I've, like, it, it's, I don't know, the last season, it's just, like, I don't really have a, a want or desire to watch it anymore. Man, that's, that's, it just makes me sad, dude. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's a good show. I think it's a good show, like, in execution. Even, like, I think the last season, too, like, the reason I didn't like it was because it was attached to Game of Thrones. If it was, like, I don't know. I'm literally saying, like, I'm being such a hypocrite right now. This is so ridiculous. But, like, <laughs> literally, like, I'm being such a hypocrite this whole time. <laughs> but, no, I think uh, the last season, like, it's if it were if it were its own thing where it was that fast-paced from the start to the finish and everything and it had that kind of stuff, like, okay, I could, you know, I'm sure it'd be fine. I'm sure it'd be good. But that kind of storytelling just wasn't for me. Kind of lost me. Hey man, and th- like that. Honestly, that's not really a problem. It's just, uh, I think the, the where the problem exists is maybe in just like, uh, at least this is what I see. Yeah. Um, from my perspective, is like in the Twitter warfare that we see. Oh yeah. When people don't like fucking shit or whatever, or whatever the f- wherever the fuck you read things online, mm-hmm. people are assholes everywhere. Or yeah. Even on YouTube, like, yeah. I I have a hard time watching a lot of video essays or shit about movies right now because i'm realizing that a lot of the people um that are quote unquote reviewing these things um don't necessarily think about the people that are making this as people 
mm-hmm. right? And 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 that's something that I've done, and that that we've that this whole fucking thing is yeah. about is that yeah. you is that even you and I do the thing that we but, say but you shouldn't at the, do at the end right of the day, is that you and i deify things and we look at things and we and we and we treat people as though they're not really yeah people. but at the end and of the, the day the beginning think... of this podcast we were talking about how you should never yeah well i don't i didn't say i didn't say never do it i think it's important like i said that yeah, you i bet said you that. i said that yeah <laughs> yeah um but i think like at the end of the day movies are profit they're for profit they want to make money yeah uh and I think as a consumer, I think it's important. Not that all movies. Not all movies. Not all movies. Just yeah, that's I want to. Yeah, that's ones. not all movies. But for the most part, like Hollywood, big budget movies that are put in our face are meant for profit. They want you to come see them. They want you to come see the sequel. Uh, and I think like being critical with them is important. And I think it's just like a balance between being critical and I don't know deifying. I think through this conversation, I've realized how problematic it kind of is. Oh yeah, dude. Like it's like it is like a huge problem, and it's something like that. I'm so fucking guilty of it. Yeah, I think. Well, every yeah, what what you what literally what you said right at the beginning of this podcast, I was like, holy fuck, I'm so guilty of this. Yeah, I'm also super guilty of it. Like we all, and and we don't through this conversation, we're kind of confronting our demons about it, right? Yeah, And, and 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 that's the thing is like with Batman v Superman is like I just watched that Mm -hmm. and like after having just gone through like the last of us and all these things that have been really challenging to my perspective um, have altered to the point where this thing that I used to like have such problems with and I used to be so critical of um, I really love it Mm -hmm. and I really love it for what it is because man, I, 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 I can put it on and I can watch it. Yeah. And and it's a movie with Batman and Superman in it, and that didn't exist. I think it's before. just like I think, and the fact that I'm so critical of it shows that I'm not appreciative. Yeah, right on, on a certain level. Yeah, and I think, uh, yeah, like like I said, it's really about a balance about like comparing things and like not letting previous judgments or previous things like cloud your judgment about a new thing that comes out, like yeah it's it's really important not to write people off and it's also another thing too like it's so easy it's really well it's not easy but a lot of times in hollywood like people will make a good film and then people will deify them immediately like i think that happened with m night Shyamalan. like m night Shyamalan made the sixth sense and then everyone was like he's the next spielberg and that's just such a fucking weighty title that like he's never been able to fill that because like no that's it's impossible it's like a, you can't be another spielberg because he, he's there spielberg is a, an individual absolutely yeah he's you know he's <laughs> right? he's not like, an idea it's so unfair to yeah. expect so we're expecting him to be something he's not I know, yeah and it's like uh you know it, it's so hard to watch movies that are by certain directors and not see their style through them and not link them to their other pictures like i think wes anderson comes to mind all of his movies are quite visually distinct so it's hard to like Mm -hmm. separate them from one another and uh yeah that's also tough though because a lot of directors like having an overarching thematic or or tonal thing to their film to make it individual and unique you know like lars von trier has that movie or has the the uh I think it's called the something trilogy. It's like the despair trilogy or something. I'm messing it up, but it's like with the, melancholy. Yeah. And, um, and antichrist and, uh, antichrist and, and I think it's nymphomaniac. Uh, nymphomaniac. Yeah. yeah. Both nymphomaniac volumes are part of it. Um, yeah. 
And so, like, he has this trilogy, and they're supposed to all be taken at face value on their own, but they're also, like, part of this, like, weird trilogy that deal with, like, similar thematic things. Yeah. So, like, it's really hard as the consumer to separate things and to do it. And also, like, as an artist, too, like, we both have a different perspective on it because we literally see the people that are involved in it. We meet actors. Like, we see the people involved in it. We're, like, we're trying to get to the point of, like, being like i honestly for me like fame isn't success like success is just being happy doing what you're doing and also being financially provided for but that's just me <laughs> that's just me yeah see unfortunately like dude what you just said is like it's no as viewing it like just because of the language like i thought the the language you used was interesting where you said um like us as the consumer and it's like man I just realized what I was like, dude, was I was like, for some reason, it has been told to us that we consume art. And yeah. we don't have to. No. We don't have to be consumers of art. We can be appreciative. We can just be spectators. Art. We can be spectators, right? There's a We don't have to be involved in it, you know? No, like being a consumer means that you have a you have a stake in it. Well, I but think you don't you don't yeah, have a stake. But that's in it, that's like right? a problem with I like I think like Western ideology just like naturally kind of makes the self, the individual, the like highest point of value, basically. So like even though this movie has nothing to do with us and has nothing like our perception of it doesn't change anything about it, and it will never change anything about it. It's been made, it's concrete, it's in stone, it's there. We yeah. still want to feel like our voice matters in the conversation about it. And we still want to feel yeah, like it's we already have a over. part in it, you know? Yeah, but we especially can't. with movies, right? They take so long to make. I think it's that's like, why. By the, time, by the time the movie comes out and we're all like, you should have done this. Yes. It's like, well, we shot that scene three, three and, and a half, half years, years ago. ago. Yeah. So what the fuck do you want me to yeah, do Yeah, and it? like also too, like us wanting to change things and stuff like that. Like that's, I think, part of criticism is like people just wanting things to be different and like everybody wants something different like you can't make a perfect movie that is going to please literally everyone ever there's tons of people who probably listen to this who don't like john wick you know what i mean yeah and we and just talked about it and we're both of us are like fuck yeah dude john wick's awesome yeah i like it a lot and, like, and that's the whole thing is that like i think that we just if we can just move away from the idea that we consume art like i i never thought of it until you just said yeah it, but it's like we don't have to consume it. We can just view it. We totally. can spectate it. We can, we can enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Like we don't just because you're viewing it doesn't give you like it doesn't give you a stake in it. Right? Yeah, like, exactly. You, like I you have nothing. Yeah. to do with the production of that. Totally, art. you're just. But then again, I also audience. Also, you're just an but audience. I also think like not. I don't think like it's good to discredit critical thinking though. Well, critical thinking has nothing to do with. Um, what well, kind of does because like criticizing well, not- they we're talking about like criticizing them and seeing them as a consumer and like criticizing them you know i i think it's you can yeah, still but you can criticize them from the standpoint of being a, 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 like an observer totally right you but i but think it's it's hard to I, criticize I something without criticisms are probably going to be more valid but i think you know criticizing I mean? things like your personality and what you like like that comes that's so much of criticism is what you personally like that's what it is Oh yeah, you know. So I think it's hard to disconnect yourself from that, you know. Yeah, yeah, but I think it's okay to like have the, your criticism come through. But if you frame it 
I guess what I'm saying is if you frame it from the perspective of I am not you never think of yourself as a consumer. Yeah. I don't think that you will form your opinion as though you're a consumer. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? I do know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. That I, I that's kind of like a weird hippie idea. Like, no, it, because but, like, and, and like, the thing is is like the reason I say consumer is because we pay for these things, you know? Like we Oh, I know. And, and dude, that's, and that's, that's the that's thing, thing is, is like even though I'm the paying for it, it's been used for a I know. Long time. And that's the thing is yeah, product, yeah. consumer, what are you selling yeah, oh, kind yeah. of things. That's and like, like pitching wrong, a movie, you're dude. selling you're a movie. Wrong, I know man. I'm not wrong, but the thing is is like it's important that even though we're paying for it, we're still not involved in it other than that transaction. They the movie's yeah. made whether we like it or not. We're the ones choosing to spend our money on it. We're the ones choosing yeah. to do this. So it's also a bit on us that we see something that we don't like. Well, we made the choice to see it and it's going to be made regardless. Yeah. Yeah. And the only thing that these people seem to understand is money. Totally. So when they get dollars, they go more of this. Mm-hmm. And then we have five fucking Transformers movies. Oh, by Michael Bay. yeah. I don't have a problem with Transformers movies. Yeah, no, I, I know. love the Transformers. No, the Transformers movies—they're like they're fun. Like, but it's I like have there's... a problem with his Transformers movies because I think his movies—I don't like them. I think. What you're telling best. me that uh, I'm directly beneath an enemy scrotum? You're telling me that's not the best line in cinematic history from Transformers Two? Oh, <laughs> I know exactly. John Turturro, baby. Unfortunately, John Turturro, dude. baby. Dude. Dude, he's in fucking so many of the movies I love. And then yeah, have you bad. seen Quiz Show? Oh, yeah. Great movie. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. Dude, have you seen The Night Of on HBO? I have not. I, oh, my God. With, I've heard it's fucking Riz awesome, Ahmed. though. Yeah. yeah. With Riz Ahmed. It's fucking great. Yeah. Well, I guess, oh, like, yeah. in summary, in closing, <laughs> um, we both, you know, this has been a very eye-opening conversation for me because it's like really opened myself up to the hypocrisy that I face. Like this conversation kind of has been more of a self-reflection than I intended it to be. Yeah, me too. But I'm like much more analyzing myself. Yeah, for sure. And like how I feel about things. And you know, yeah, dude, you're like my, you're like a looking glass for me right now. I'm like peering through you and looking at myself. No, I'm I'm peering through <laughs> myself and looking at myself, and it's, you know, it's freaking me out, man. But in closing, I guess like. It's important to just know that there's people behind everything that's created and that at the end of the day, you throwing more criticism into the void isn't going to change anything. I think it's important to be critical, but I think it's also important. Yeah, it's okay to be critical, but the expectation. Don't let your deification of something become your criticism because that's exactly what it became for me. That's exactly what it's become for me Mm -hmm. as well. And, and, and do you know who it's been bad for? I think I think it's been bad for me. I don't think it's been bad. This like it, I think it's been bad just all around. Yeah, no, it's not good. Like even me talking about Lex Luthor. Like the reason I didn't like Jesse Eisenberg is because I didn't see him as Lex Luthor, and that's just my own perception of the character. Is that, yeah, does that really like have anything? To no, do with it has him? nothing to do with it. A casting, a casting choice. You know, I think it's one thing when it directly goes against the source material, like in a book, like Jack Reacher. Jack Reacher is six foot five and two hundred and fifty pounds. Tom Cruise is five foot six and one hundred and fifty pounds. Like that's like yeah. a big fucking difference. That's like a big cognitive dissonance from like what the original is. Yeah. But I think the intentions of the artist is important, and I think yeah. we should all think about the intentions of the artist before we jump to criticizing. Yeah, like I uh, just I dude, fuck yeah, 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 man. Like we should all just think about 
who's making it. Yeah, and remember Ryan Johnson made the last Jedi. They're literally not. They're not any different than you. Exactly. They're literally not any different. Ryan than Johnson you made the last Jedi. Remember. It doesn't matter that Luke didn't like it. He, it's his movie. It's his artistic vision. He's allowed to make what he wants to make. Yeah, and there was fucking thousands of people that worked on the last. Absolutely, Jedi, right? it wasn't just Ryan Johnson. There was a bunch of fucking people. Exactly. There. So. Yeah, there's always people behind it, and I think that's important. And they're just human. They're, and they're just like us. Exactly. And and it's so easy to forget. It's so easy to forget because when seeing other people do it, like that's just the collective hive mind thing. It's like seeing other people do something, throwing around really ups- or really rude commentary on like movies and things like that. It's like, oh well, I guess it's okay to think that way and like hate things because this person hates it, or yeah, these people hate it. it. Yeah, I'm just getting it out, yeah. right? And it's like I've thought that so many times yeah. too, right? Where it's like I thought, oh well, I'm just getting these feelings out, like totally. It's like, well, yeah, but there's like you can get the same feelings out if you just shift your perspective and you just like deal with it in a better. I'll way. tell you one thing that I'll deify and I will always deify. No one will ever take it away from me. Is Paddington? Well, Paddington, Paddington Bear. Bear is perfect. Uh, Paddington Two is the best movie ever made. This is uh, I'm gonna end the podcast with a plug. Go and watch Paddington Two. Uh, if you haven't seen the first one, it's okay. You, you can watch the first one. The first one's still really good. but it's, What are you talking about? We watched the first yeah, one. Yeah, watch the first, the first one. The first one's lovely. also amazing. But the second one, no, I'm sorry. The second one really stands on its own. I think it's in a league of its own. Uh, oh, man, when he's in prison and he fucking dyes all the outfits? Yeah, dude, are you kidding me? It's perfect. <laughs> it's fucking perfect. It's perfect for kids. It's perfect for adults. I. It's a bear with sandwiches that ends he, up in prison and making prison friends. He makes prison If that friends. doesn't make you want to watch the movie, it's literally like, I don't it's, know what Yeah, will. it's just so, it's so much fun. It's so lighthearted. The plot is amazing. The main character is perfect. Can't rave enough about Paddington 2. You heard it here. Uh, so anyways. Uh, go watch Paddington 2. Go watch it. Yeah, so next time yeah. we meet, yeah. What should we? What are we gonna talk about? Um. I mean, I chose the topic this week, brother. So. Oh, jeez. I feel like it's bad. Um, You're in the hot seat. You you put yourself in the hot seat. All right. If I'm in the hot seat and I have to decide what we're gonna talk about next, honestly, this is you very much kind of nailed what I like. This this episode morphed. Yeah, it did uh, for it sure. Seemed, and it, and it became like an interesting little thing. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's the thing is like this podcast is it's so open-ended. That's what I love about it, that we can just, you know, talk. We might have a guest next time. Yeah, Isn't that we true? might. Yeah, Michael Michael Nobrega, who's the man, the myth, the legend, the long-haired legend. I, Actually, no, dude, he cut I his hair. It. Did he cut his hair? He did. He I, cut I, it a I, bit last ago. Last time I saw him, he had... Yeah, I, I mean, I honestly, I haven't seen the guy in a Best minute, but he is an amazing, amazing, intelligent person who will fit perfectly on this podcast. So yeah, I think the next episode, we're going to be featuring the boy. Yeah, next next time we're gonna have him come on and talk about whatever he wants. Whatever he wants. I don't even. Yeah. I don't even necessarily know what it is. I so mean, fuck it. We'll find out next time. Tune in for our for our first guest. Yeah. Uh, Thank you for on listening. The next episode. Thank you for listening. Uh, 